Welcome back, everyone. Inside Dirt Show, episode number five. This is the Broadford MX Nationals round three review show. Um, and let's start it off right away. Yes, sorry, we did miss a show last week. Um, unfortunately, I was out on the road coaching all week. I pretty much got back from New South Wales just in time to head to Broadford. We tried to figure out a way to get you guys the show, uh, but it just didn't work out. So on the positive, I think we had a lot of people missing the show. I had a lot of DMs, a lot of people hit me up saying, hey, hey, man, where's the show? Um, so, hey, thanks, everyone, again, for the support. We've really had some great numbers. I'm loving the feedback. Hit us up, whether you love it, whether you hate it. Hit me up on the DMs, and uh, we apologize for missing last week's show. But we're back. Joe Stevens here, as always, as your host, and uh, the man to my left this week, Duran Stapleton, my co-host as usual. Welcome, mate. How you doing? Pretty good. Um, I hope you appreciate me being here. I think I'm missing Bachelor in Paradise. Uh, tonight, so, <laughs> but now nah, it's definitely good to be back. Um, well, this is show number five, and show five. Yeah. We actually had some really good stuff to talk about uh, with Broadford Racing on the weekend. Uh, my man Donnell holding it down in the corner, um, doing his thing, producing the show. We were meant to have a microphone for Donnell this week, and I actually got him one, but uh, I'm not a tech guy, and it didn't quite work out. But um, he's going to have one more week of being defenseless when I pay out on him for different things. And then maybe next week you'll get to hear, hear Donnell's voice and be able to defend himself. So, welcome, Donnell. Thanks for doing everything. We also got Max Peters in the house. He's doing some filming tonight. We're going to start doing some little Instagram, um, you know, story bites for you guys uh, for promo. So, look for those. And uh, that this is the Broadford Review Show for Round 3, the 2019 MX Nationals. And uh, let's get into it, Dram. Broadford. Let's start from the top, I guess, before we get into the results, before we get into the classes. Um. wow, that track changed a lot. They really did a good job out there. Yeah, it's just one of those things with Broadford, you know. Um, from my point of view, it's it's just a tough one. Like, that is our state complex for Victoria. And I feel like we're really, sometimes with Broadford, just polishing a turd, um, <laughs> to be honest. <laughs> but imagine if that layout had, like, dirt of Wonthaggy or something like that, it would be so amazing because it is such a good layout. And I think you saw by the second motos how cool it was. There was, you know, big ruts going down the hills and it was really challenging to the riders. And I'm all for having uh, a different service at a lot of the rounds. Like we did have big square edges and stuff like that. And, you know, not every round can be perfect loam. Uh, and it, we saw it test the riders and we saw uh, the more experienced guys jumping around and, um, you know, really making that track work at the end of the day. Yeah, and I I feel like Broadford, as much as you said, you know, that place has copped a lot of criticism over the years. You know, it is the state complex, and at different times it hasn't been in the best of shape. But um, the, the surface there, you know, you've got the elevation changes, there's like the rock underneath, you've got like that mulchy kind of topsoil they've got there. I, I really enjoyed the difference in, in the terrain, you know, them square edges and and how it formed up in the gullies and the ravines. Like, you had the straight-line ruts and the off-cambers. And, man, there was that one section where Waters and a few of the guys got squirrely, like... Off to the right of the track. And they were, like, paddling to stay on the track because that ravine's so off-cambered where the track traverses. Um, Yeah, it's... uh, I think we were lucky this year uh, we had pro tracks 
uh, prepare the track. And, you know, he's a really reputable uh, track yeah, Josh, leader, so Josh Proctor's doing really good things with Pro Tracks, and they had him out to prep that track. And he's been out there for a couple of weeks, I believe. Well, I think if that the track obviously wasn't perfect, but I think he's going to do you know just as good as job as anyone. And um, I heard that they didn't have a lot of water, so they didn't quite get to water it, you know, throughout the week so much. But there was a little bit of dust spots coming up, but it was. You know, quite a good racetrack by the end of the day. It was different in the sense... I walked the track when we finished um, NRGTV. At the end of the day, I had to walk around. And it was really interesting because you had, like, these super high wall ruts in the turns. And the way the sprinkler system had worked, like, they literally had um, about maybe half a tire, half a wheel height of, of, like, tack on top of the ruts. But then at the bottom of the ruts, it was hard pack and edgy. Um so you could see how guys were getting out of shape because at one part of the, the turn there was grip and then at the bottom of the ruts it was hard pack and square edge and super challenging racetrack and I think we kind of saw the cream rise to the, tr- the, the cream rise to the top a little bit as far as when the track's that technical. Um, you know, those elite guys really do have uh, elevated lap times compared to the rest of the field. But one other thing to talk about, we finally, Duran, we had an MX Nationals round without rain. Yeah, it was. Uh, I was kind of worried. I heard that it was going to be, you know, a little bit of rain on Saturday, but uh, the track, you know, probably would have been good if we had a little bit of rain. But a little it, bit of rain would have been good. I kind of can't believe, you know, the mud rounds we had. If you're going to take any MXN round to be a mud up, Broadford's like the no-brainer. There's been that many mud races there over the years. Well, I think out of the what the recent history, uh, 2015 was the only year that we've had, you know, quite a decent track there. So was it 15 or 14 that you got? ejected in the first turn that was 14 yeah broke my back and sternum. and then 16 was a mudder i didn't do 16 but 15 was 15 was good really good track we had there so it was i think the track wasn't quite as good this year but it was still a really good track and like you said that surface i don't think and they can do anything and it's always going to come down to the the really hard pack uh you know base Mm. and if i was a 250 in the 250 class on the weekend i would have been you know a little bit pissed off with that you know, they came around in that first lap of that first moto. I understand it's the first race of the day and they've got to put water down, but, man, it looks slick. And like you said, there was that perfect tack in spots, but it gets down to that base. And I think we saw Todd uh, – sorry, Wilson Todd. Uh, You're he doing what just, I did last week with the Todd yeah, and the yep. waters. And, yeah. yeah, so Wilson Todd, he got out. He put those nice few laps in, and it just looked like he was managing it. He's been doing that so well this year. Just put a few sprint laps down and just manage his lead and, you know, bring it home like he did in those two motos. Yeah, and you saw that a lot. It was managing the conditions, and track position was huge. Um, and Wilson killed that in the second moto. Dude, he was, what, four seconds on the first lap? Like, he wasn't even in the same frame on No, he was gone. And then if you actually look at where he was at halfway through the race, like, he just maintained that sprint. Uh, so he maintained that lead after the sprint. It was very impressive. But we'll get more into that when we get to the MX2 class um, to talk about that in a little bit, Jaren. Uh Actually, forgot to give you guys a rundown of the guests we've got tonight. So coming up in a few minutes, we've got Kurt Gibbs, the man who won the MX1 class, the uh, new signing CDI Yamaha this year. Gibbs, he finally got his season on track. And i got to say, he looked really good out there, um, you know, over the weekend at Broadfoots. So we've got Kurt Gibbs on. We've got an interesting one for you next, guys. We've got Daniel Chucky Sanders, the AORC off-road rider that decided to throw his uh, name in the hat for Broadford. He came out, and Durant, he was sending it. I don't think there's any other word to describe how he was just going for it. Well, I think for, you know, the viewers out there for NRG, they probably would have been pretty surprised, but um, I I actually wasn't that surprised because I've heard all the events that Broadford has. They have a couple of one-off events, 
and uh, each year, like money races, and he's always there, and he always is. I think he's won it like the last couple of years. So that one-off event they have there. So I wasn't that surprised, but the way he stayed up there, it wasn't like he was uh, got a good start and drifted back. He actually got third in that first moto, didn't he? He did, yeah, and. Um pretty crazy for him to come out and full off road spec like I, I you know we'll talk to him more in a minute when he comes on the show but i talked to him on on the sunday in between the motos and he doesn't even have a motocross setup in that bike it was pretty much an off-road setup he'd gone in on the clickers and holding stuff up and very impressive now we've also got mason simmons coming on the show mace the mxd rider riding for kdm and david motorsports he had a bit of a breakout ride his first mx nationals podium of the season and of his career. So that was really cool to see in the overall. And we've got Mason on to talk about that. And of course, going to give you guys a rundown of MX1, MX2 and MXD with the results and just have a bit of a, a talk about all the action that went down. Um, so yeah, we'll get into the guests in just a minute, Duran. But um, I know you wasn't there this weekend, but I guess I just want to talk a little bit about finally having a dry round as far as the weather. Like I could not believe the difference on, I, I didn't get there Saturday. Like I said, I, I was, uh, I've been away coaching on the road and I had some stuff going on, but um, obviously got there Sunday morning, get ready to do the NRG TV and, and walking around talking to everybody. The enthusiasm and like the smiles on people's faces and just the buzz in the pits. Like I kind of felt like we'd finally had a real round one as far as like guys weren't coming in and their bikes weren't smoked. Like it was a legit, um, you know, a legit qualifying session. Everyone was looking good. Everyone was feeling it. They were able to like scrub the jumps and enjoy themselves. Um you know, it just went a long way. Like I thought that was finally, it was good to see everyone get rewarded after all two rounds of just busting their asses, trying to keep everything clean and not blowing up to finally have a good track. Well, I guess it was, like you said, the first round we've had that had sort of some normal results. Like I understand that one thaggy wasn't, you know, a mudder or anything like that, but it was quite one-lined. And uh, I think if you ask anyone, uh, Boppo's came off the couch and led 20 minutes that first moto on thaggy. And we also had the Estonian, uh, come in and, and, you know, get on the podium. So it was cool to actually see some normalcy in the results. Is that a word, normalcy? Yeah, I will take it. Okay, so some normal results and it was... Don't know, get your thesaurus out. Is normalcy a word? <laughs> <laughs> come on, I haven't been in school for a while. So, um, but it was cool to see, like, we had, uh, obviously, Gibbs and Waters. I think they're going to be the top two guys for this series. But it was cool to see how someone like Clout was going to stack up uh, against those guys on a you know a proper sort of normal track Man. with uh, normal conditions. Yeah, and I've I've definitely like got some observations from how Clout rides that bike and how it worked out at Broadford for him. Like uh, there's there's stuff to talk about with MX One as far as how those guys ride you know those big four fifties. It's um you know it's definitely something. And like you said with the square edges and with the um just the hard pack nature of that track coupled with the slick nature of it and the tack in some spots like. You really had to be a thinking rider to, to make that track pay off. Well, we saw that with uh, Gibbs. It didn't look like he was pushing that hard, and he actually got like closed that gap on Malros in the second moto. Uh, and I remember you saying on NRG that you thought Clout didn't look that comfortable. And he to me, he just didn't look like he was pushing and scrubbing and all that like he used to. It just felt like he was a tick off and he realised that and didn't, you know, send it like he normally does because he was a little bit off that front group, which, you know, for me, I, I, I think Clout has got the speed of anyone out there. So maybe Broadford wasn't the best track for him and yeah, I mean, he in, did just decide to back it down. In qualifying, from what I saw, he was kind of doing that normal, like, the way he rides the bike, but it just didn't seem like it was paying off for him too much. But 
Anyway, let's get to it, guys. Welcoming our first guest for the night. Um, this man is the new signing to CDR Monster Energy Factory Yamaha this year. And I think we can finally safely say that he's got his season back on track after a bit of a, not a slow start, but let's welcome in anyway. Kurt Gibbs, welcome to the show, mate. Thanks for coming on. Uh, thanks a lot. Thanks for having me. No worries, man. So, hey, we've got Duran Stapleton in the studio with me. He's going to be asking you some questions uh, throughout this little time on the show here. But um, let's get to it, mate. Talk about uh, first win of the season. It's got to feel good. Yeah, definitely. It does feel good. Uh, yeah, like like you said, it wasn't the greatest start to the season for myself. I've obviously uh, been over in New Zealand. That sort of went well for me and sort of had a really good lead up. But then, yeah, obviously it happened. It was a complete mud fest. And then... You know, I got third there. It wasn't, you know, it wasn't that bad. But, uh, um, yeah, Philly there was good points. It was good. And then one baggy was just, I don't know, it was just one of them days I just uh, didn't get starts. And when you don't get starts on a track like that, when the start straight through the muddy and uh, had a couple of crashes too, which just, yeah, made it gnarly hard on myself. And, yeah, I just couldn't really do too much. So, um, yeah, it was good to bounce back on the weekend and uh, have a solid one. Now, talking about, you know, getting back on, uh, you know, getting the win, obviously you got that podium at round one, but um, it's been a while since we've seen you stand up on that number one spot of the podium for the overall. Um, I'm trying to recollect, when would the last one be that you won uh, when you were back on the KDMs, obviously? What what round was that? Yeah, from what I believe, I think it was 2017 would have been Shepherd, and I'm pretty sure, which was like about round seven or eight. Yeah, that was the that was the one that that Dean first went down on the last lap. You guys were battling, right? I think I remember that now. Was that? Yeah, you... yeah. So I think yeah, he yeah, it wasn't too far. Yeah, actually, yeah, it might have been on the last lap too. Yeah. Yeah, I think it yeah. was maybe with a few laps to go. I just remember that was a, a pretty pretty big race when we were doing the commentary and stuff. But um, I mean, look, I don't want to talk too much about the past. Obviously, we're moving forward, but. Um, yeah, I talk about that a little bit, Kirk. It's like, you know, 2017 and, and you've you've won that MX1 championship before and obviously you've been through some adversity with injuries and, and not getting the wins and, and, you know, changing teams. Maybe uh, this one means a little bit more to you as far as um, getting back on that number one spot after all that downtime. Yeah, definitely. I think that, yeah, like you said, like 2017 was probably the last decent, season I had um so yeah 2018 was just I'm not sure just it just seemed like um I didn't have didn't have everything together um whether yeah like you say you don't really want to talk about the past but just just things weren't really cooking for myself and um obviously things were cooking for Dean so um yeah you know obviously he won every round so it was really hard to beat a guy that's on you know in that, in that form so yeah, it's just, I don't know, yeah, like I had those injuries and then I got to come back in race nations and obviously didn't didn't get to do my best over there either. So, um, yeah, it was a bit more, it was good to have a fresh start, you know, just, uh, you know, I was with KDM for six years, so it was a very long time and um, just to, I don't know, just like, yeah, just relit the fire a little bit, you know, you know, massive change and um, going back to Yamaha, I rode Yamaha before I was with KDM, so... Um, and then, yeah, going to CDR, you know, everyone knows it's such an amazing team. So just really enjoying it. And, yeah, just uh, was really happy with the weekend because um, not many people know, but I was I was really sick on Friday, got some sort of virus and ended up in Warrigal Hospital for like five hours and 
didn't get home till like 1am Saturday morning. <laughs> so, um, and then Saturday just pretty much slept all day. And then Sunday in between, in between races, I was just hiding out and trying to, trying to eat food and trying to drink. It was a big struggle for me. So yeah, that's, um, I had yeah, a was, quick chat with Dakar on Sunday morning when you guys were out on the track for qualifying. He said you were, you were really sick leading up to it. So he wasn't exactly sure how the day was going to go, but I mean, maybe you got to get sick a little bit more often because you seem to make it work yesterday. <laughs> Yeah, that's what everyone says. I don't want to put myself through that again. So, no, I think it was just, I think I sort of got a little bit lucky that um, the track was pretty brutal and pretty tricky to ride. So, you might not have had to ride at 100%, I believe. You might have, you know, I sort of got away with riding at sort of, you know, 85, 90%. So, um, I got decent starts, which definitely helped a lot. And then, um, yeah, just making a few passes, that sort of made it hard on me, um, really trying to push to make them happen. So watching on the weekend on NRG TV, uh, it seems like you've really done your homework and that bike was handling just so well. Uh, talk about the transition from, you know, being on the KDM the last few years, uh, moving over to the CDR Yamaha team and uh, also the build-up in, uh, off, in the off-season in New Zealand. Yeah, so obviously, yeah, was with KDM for such a long time and um, really knew how that, that bike worked. Um, and it's funny, you know, obviously the KDM does some things really well, like every bike's competitive these days from what I know. And, um, yeah, coming over to the Yamaha, you know, they do some things really well as well. And then just, I don't know, it's, it's uh, I guess, a, a power is a big thing. They have completely different power. Um, the KDM is extremely talky and uh, the Yamaha um, does have talk, but it's extremely fast once it gets going as well. You know, it has that little punch behind it as well. So um, extremely fast bikes. And, and yeah, I don't know. I struggled a little bit in 2018 with the setup on with suspension on our KDM. So um, yeah, I'm really, really happy with the way um, our bike's handling right now. Um, I actually did some testing on, Went to Melbourne last week, uh, flew down on the Sunday, and then uh, on Monday went and did some testing with the boys just to just to fine tune. I felt like we were reasonably close, but I just need to um, needed to just just make my force a little bit firmer, and and that's the way we went. And I was extremely happy with it. Yeah, and I, I think I've um, made a huge huge progress with the bike, and I think it it handles unbelievable. So really pumped with that. Um, and yeah, with my preseason over in New Zealand, it was it was really good. I was really happy with it. Um, obviously, my first race is on the Yamaha, and um, Coops is extremely fast over there. And unfortunately, I come up a little bit short, but I was really happy with the way I rode. And um, obviously, having help with Josh and everything like that, I think that it definitely helped me a lot. It's just yeah, like you said, it was unfortunate that I had um, a couple of slow rounds to start with. But yeah, hopefully, everything's back on track now. I was really impressed with your bike, Kirk, as far as um, there was a couple of the off-camber uphills. Uh, I think it was the long left, like the last left uphill, um, you know, the one before you come down into that really steep right-hander where the big square edges were coming out. Um, yeah. Yeah, you were coming up that left and you were standing all the way through the entry of that rut and then you were just sitting into the transition of the rut with your feet on the pegs and you know, that really, to me, was a sign of comfort. You were able to just come across that turn with, with so much momentum, keep the feet on the pegs, keep the bike moving the way you wanted, and it was just, seemed like it was just planted everywhere you wanted to put the bike with the power. Watching on the on the NRG TV show, like, 
it just looked like you were at one with the bike. And I don't think we've seen enough of you yet this season to know, you know, because obviously Bonthaggy wasn't the round you wanted. I didn't get a chance to see a lot of you on the on the TV show, but um, certainly looks like you guys have got that dialed in. Now, obviously, you spent a lot of time with KTM, you know, running WP. Um, now moving over to Yamaha, you know, CDR, they've got a, a really strong reputation as far as testing. And you, like you said, you know, you're already two rounds into the season. You guys are testing again. Um, it, would you say it's not to bag out KDM or WP, but it's obviously a different testing protocol, different testing systems. Is is it elevated your experience as far as learning how to test? Like talk about that a little bit as far as working with Dakar and the crew and, and how those guys test. Yeah, for sure. I think that... Um yeah, it's it's yeah, just so completely different. Um, like you say, it's just like I was with KDM for so long, and then it just it was hard because we went through some changes at KDM. Um, just with uh, I had Rob Tidewell from 13 to 15 on the team, and then um, Kyle Blunden in 16, and then Jay Marmot coming from 17 to 18. So there were some changes there, not nothing crazy to do with the bike or anything like that, but. Um, you know, just differences in the way that people work together and stuff like that. I think that had a little bit to do with with everything. And then, um, yeah, like we never really changed um, suspension too much. So just in the last year, we went back to a 48 um, mil cone valve there. And, um, yeah, I, I definitely think that I still run a similar sort of setup to what I even had at KDM, um, as in suspension-wise. Um I run a pretty pretty firm setup to tell you the truth. So, um, yeah, but just coming across to Dakar, um, I just feel like yeah, like I said, it's 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 a new start for me really. And um, you know, I'm 30 years old, so it's it's sort of to the point. You know, I'm not at the end of my career, but um, you know, I don't have 10 years left. So it was good for me to have that new Kindle and uh, to come across to Craig and the whole team and. You know, it's just a, it's just that new vibe, and everyone's extremely keen to work out how everyone works and um, just how everyone goes about it, and um, just just the way that everyone sees it from the outside. You know, you know they're they're behind the scenes, putting in just as much effort as you are day in day out behind the scenes. You know, um, going to the track and doing this and doing that. Um, they're doing exactly the same behind the scenes. Yeah, you know, in sure. Victoria, it's... doing the same thing. It's one of the only teams, I think. We have a few teams in, in the MX National Circuit that do it to that extent, um, but you can definitely see that CDR guys take that side of things seriously, and it's it's evident with the, how the bike looks on the track. And um, I guess, I, I think this is probably a stupid question, but I'm going to ask it anyway. Like, Did they give you a bike where it was like, hey, this was Dean's base setting. Do you want to try that? Or, or was it a case of here's a production bike and start from scratch? Like, What did they present to you as far as when you first got on the bike? Uh, to tell you the truth, I never even rode with Dean's setup. Um, it, it was actually, yeah, a little bit funny, actually, because uh, that, that's that's what I sort of figured I would go to and I would just run that um, to, to see where, um, as a base. But, um, yeah, I went there and they gave me, because um, when I went and rode the bike, was sort of straight after sort of Supercross or end of Supercross or whatever it was, and... Um, they still had all their supercross set up, so they gave me a um, a bike that had a tiny little bit of engine work done, nothing crazy, um, and then just they had a stock fork and shock with just internals. So, um, but they yeah, 
um, the bike was actually a little bit soft for me when when I first went there. I think it was similar to what um, Dylan Long ran. I think they just went a little bit firmer for me, being a little bit heavier. Um, but yeah, from there, um, yeah, we just obviously did a lot lot more testing, and then yeah, I just kept I've sort of just kept going firmer really. So no, no like massive jumps in, you know, like spring rates or anything like that. We've just been doing baby steps and just, uh, yeah, I, I really think we're on top of it now. Like you said, um, on the weekend, I really felt comfortable on the bike. It's just a shame that, you know, I couldn't push push to 100%. But um, like you said, I, I felt really home on the bike and I felt like I could do what I want with the bike and put it where I wanted to. So uh, looking forward now, you um you know you're originally from South Australia, and we've got rounds four and five coming up. Are you just going to fly in and out for that round, or are you going to head over and you know do some riding over that way? Or normally I do go over, but this year no, I'm just going to go down and come back. Um, just because um, just just to get a bike over there a little bit earlier, it's a little bit harder. Um, not 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 crazy harder, but uh, yeah, I'll just go in and out this time because actually my sister's pregnant, and in probably three or four weeks after that, I'm going to have to go down and um, see the see the birth of my um, yeah my sister have the baby. So um, yeah, so that's sort of the, probably the main reason. Otherwise, um, yeah, I might have gone down, but um, yeah, I'm going to get to go down and see family and stuff of like that later. So but, yeah, I've heard that the. the Track's actually going backwards now, so that'd be very interesting. Yeah, I just found that out on the weekend. I think um, that's the first time in a while they've switched that up. Obviously, it's got to feel good for you heading home, and hopefully, you can get on a bit of a, a roll after this round win. Um, talk about real quick, Kirk, what did you think of this? Is the first time, obviously, with round one being the mudder, we didn't see the sprint format for MX1. Um, what did you think of it? How did you think of the back-to-back motos? Yeah, it was definitely um, something different. Um, I remember racing similar. Um, sort of format back in the day when I was on 250, we had the, the two back-to-back 15s and then a 30 in the afternoon, I'm pretty sure, back in like 2010 or 11 or something like that. Um, so yeah, I sort of knew the gist of it and then obviously got to see that one tag in the 250 class. So I, I think it's pretty good. It keeps it, like 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 you said, it, the field doesn't spread out as much. It's, it sort of keeps it interesting. It just makes you be right on your A game. Um, it was uh, yeah, definitely pretty intense that second moto. Um, when I was battling with uh, Cloudy and Chucky, definitely made it interesting. Yeah, we've got Chucky so, um, uh, coming up right after you on the show because <laughs> he was sending it. He was not scared one bit to to mix it up with you guys. And yeah, how was that from your perspective battling with him? Because he was uh, he was not out of control, but man, he was going for it. And you would have had a bird's eye view of that crash, <laughs> didn't you? Oh yeah, or was no. oh man. Did you see that crash, or were you ahead of them guys by then? No, no, no. I was right behind them, and I I pretty much nearly half run Chucky over. Oh, like, you was in the air. I, was, I remember you were, like, trying to figure out where they yeah. were going to bounce, right? Yeah. Yeah, I was full taking photos with me bum, man. I was, <laughs> I was scared, but I was full scared. <laughs> I was full in the air just going, oh, no, they're both going to slap themselves. So. Yeah, that was just one of those things where it was like a real low line off the right and uh, the, the lines sort of come together and, yeah, Cloudy just went real high and Chucky come low and, yeah, it was yeah it was a pretty scary little time. But, yeah, Chucky obviously got ripper starts and then uh, was sending it. Yeah, he was not scared. So, um, well, But I, I knew that um, he's obviously reasonably fast. He really rides uh, 
they ride a lot of motocross. So there's um, you know, Daniel Milner and then you know Luke Stife. I know all them sorts of guys. So they all ride a lot of motocross. So I know they're no slouch, you know. So um, it didn't didn't like surprise me for him to be up there, but um, not really at the same time. So with that third moto, you uh, once you did get past Cloudy and and Chucky, uh, you close the gap on Malros. Did you realise that he had crashed on that last lap and uh, what were you thinking if you did? Yeah, so, yeah, I, I knew I was sort of going to run out of time because um, I wasn't really making massive dividends in it in him. Um, I was, yeah, like I said, I was feeling a little bit under weather, so when I did push, I felt very average, so I just felt like I had to ride in my comfort zone. Um and then, yeah, like it just come out to that last lap. And just as I come, I went over that triple, went into that top left hander. And as I was coming out, as I was looking up, he just, I seen him pop out of the rut and just go down. And I was like, oh, I, like, I felt bad for him. But at the same time, I was like, man, I'll take it. I'm going ta- to, I'll, t- I'll take Don't this. Don't lie, you didn't right feel now, bad for him. No, I, I really did because. Um, I've been in those resistance positions before, and it, it really sucks to lead a whole race like that and go down. But yeah, I think um, every one of you guys have been there. But uh, yeah, that was that was a pretty crazy. I don't think you did anything wrong, honestly. I think the the tire just pushed out, and um, that was all she wrote. Yeah, like you said, it was a, the track was really tricky and um, technical, and that's all it takes, man. Is this one little one little you know miss like you know one mil off of that line and, you know, your wheels give way or you pop out of a rut or just something so small can, you know, cost you so much. All right, mate, we're going to have to wrap this up soon because we've got to get to Chucky in just a minute here, but uh, just a couple quick ones before we let you go, Kirk. Um, first question I've got, are you motocross only this year? I don't know if I've seen that yet. Are you doing supercross or what's your plans there? Yeah, I'm, I'm motocross only. Um, there is some talk that I might, go down and just see how I go riding around a supercross track, but we'll have to see when that time comes after after motocross to see how that goes. Because you've kind of got that reputation of being a motocross-only rider guy. I don't know if that's fair to say. Like, what What's your perspective on that? Do you enjoy supercross, or is it just with the injuries you've had, you kind of have had to steer clear of it? Like, where, where do you land with that? Yeah, I don't, like... You know, a lot of people, same as like Dean Ferris, everyone says that he's a motocross-only guy too. But I think I can ride supercross fine. I just, just the, the injuries I have had were just so big that, and I had them like two, three years in a row that I was really like, man, if I keep doing this for another two years, well, this is going to be the end of my career. You, you know, the injuries I'm having big, were like... Big injuries with it, eh? Yeah, they were five to six-month injuries. So I was like, man, you know, that's half half a year nearly on the couch <laughs> um no that's yeah that's not good for your longevity um now last question i'm going to ask you before we let you go mate uh you know you got that first round win you got obviously podium at the opener what's the goals i mean obviously the championship would be uh, ideal but um where where do you see it going from here where would you be happy with at the end of the season and um you know this is the resurgence i guess you could say after a bit of a, a slow couple of seasons. Um, what would you be happy with at the end of 2019? Oh, yeah. I, d- I definitely want to win. That's, uh, yeah, that's obviously the main goal. I really want to win this championship. Um, like you said, I, I'm mostly a motocross guy. But um, in saying that, you know, the top four guys right now are all doing really well. 
Um, we're all really close, and I know it's just going to be an absolute battle to the end. So um, as long as I feel like I've put 100% in and I start riding really clean races and, and uh, getting really good starts, um, if I come away in the top three, um, I'll be happy. But I, I really want this win. I really want to go and win this championship. I think watching you on the weekend, that's more than a realistic goal, mate. And, um, hey, thanks for coming on the show, uh, Kirk Gibbs. We really appreciate it. And, um, hey, you keep winning more of these. We'll have to get you back on during the year and have another chat, mate. So thanks very much for your time. I know Monday is an important day with recovery and everything. And um, congratulations once again. And we will talk to you soon, buddy. Thanks a lot. Uh, cool. Thank you. Thanks, mate. See ya. All right, Durant. Kirk Gibbs there. Um yeah, that was an interesting little talk about everything there. Yeah, great interview. He's been mm. around forever, so... Uh, give really us an insight to his program and everything. I think uh, for him, you know, he was on such a great team with KDM the last few years, but uh, I think he's going to, you know, as we see, saw on the weekend, he's going to take that next step with being on such a good team with CDR Yamaha. Uh, just to surround himself with all that, you know, experience with, you know, Gary Ben, obviously Dacker and, and Brad McAlpine. Uh, it's definitely going to help his... Uh, racing for this year yeah I, I think you could tell that like watching him last year like the the crashes in the industry the injuries obviously didn't help his cause but he just didn't look comfortable on that bike last year in my opinion well the uh they had the new frame so mm. that could have been you know a little bit of growing pains with that new bike uh but obviously it looks like he's made that transition to the yamaha really well and uh you know it's pretty interesting that he was sick on the friday before and still you know, obviously that base of his fitness uh, showed on the weekend and to have, you know, a sickness like that, it's pretty, you know, and bad for the competition. Yeah, and that. to say, oh, I rode around at 80, 90% and got the win, like, and that's probably a testament to how that track formed up. You, you couldn't ride it at 100%. You couldn't push, I don't think, to a, to a certain degree at least, you know. And so it, one thing I had written down in my notes was that Fox helmet, he didn't crash in that first race, did he? He just got a rock to that peak. Or? No, there was a couple of peaks missing on that magnetic. Did uh, you notice that Roxon's got not the magnetic peak, peak he's anymore? Gone back to it. No, I didn't notice so, that. Yeah, so it'll be interesting next year whether uh, Fox changes that because he lost his peak. It's again. been a bit controversial for a few years now, but um, you know, Duran, we were just talking with Gibbsy, and uh, he was saying how he had a bird's eye view for that crash between. Chucky Sanders and uh, Luke Clout. And we figured we'd get him on the line. Now, <laughs> this guy, like I just said before, he was sending it. He's the AORC regular. He figured he'd come out and do an MX Nationals round. So let's welcome to the show, Daniel Chucky Sanders. Thanks for coming on, mate. How are you? Hey, boys. Uh, yeah, I'm good. Yeah, you good? It's awesome to be here. Duran Stapleton's in studio with me. He's going to be throwing some questions at you throughout the interview as well. Um, but, yeah, talk about... Um, I guess we'll start from the top. How'd you end up at uh, round three? What made you go do it? Um, it was sort of sort of always in the uh, in the books this year. I saw they were holding the the national round there, and and um, obviously saw um, Pro Tracks was out there doing it up at the start of the year. So I thought, oh yeah, it's gonna be it's gonna be a good show. So I thought I'd head out and have a crack at it. Um, I did that KDM ride for kids there last year, and and race uh, yeah a few motocross boys there as well. So I did good there, so I thought oh, I should have a have a crack at the uh, big boys class. And never raced a you know a, a nationals 450 race, just a under 19 or so MXD back in 2013. And yeah, thought a um, bit of a gap in the AORC series. So have a shot at the motocross world. So like you said, you've done a few events there at Broad, Broadford before, 
and uh, you know had some really impressive results against some you know seasoned veteran of you know motocross riders. Uh, was that behind your decision just to do Broadford, or are we going to see you at any other rounds? Uh, I was thinking about doing one faggy as well the other week, but um, didn't have a bike for it or like a suspension set up. Even, um, even coming into this week, I picked up that bike last week and uh, just after the Aussie round and drove home, got back at 3 o'clock Monday morning and uh, got up, prepped the motocross track and rode that afternoon because I knew it was going to rain. So had to sort of get a, a feeling on the bike and then work on in the shed and try and set up as quick as I could for, for this weekend. So it was pretty, pretty uh, full on. There's uh, there's a lot of questions that I think the viewers and I've got as far as the transition from like AORC to to MX Nationals and you know we've had like Daniel Milner and other guys come in and and guys like Bo Ralston and um, Luke Stike transition out of MXN into AORC but um, yeah there's a lot of questions I've got I guess the first one though is that you just talked about your track at home that's uh, getting pretty insta famous right now you guys are throwing down bangers and putting them out with Longy going out there and um, Tyron Tomich and some of those other kids um i guess you'd say you're not a you're not a stereotypical off-road guy like you can throw down pretty good on a moto track is that something you've had to work on or, or you've always been pretty natural at being able to do both disciplines um no i've never been a, a natural sort of rider i've just been really determined i guess uh never talented on a motocross track at all it's just i'm pretty sure <laughs> the video says it all of me crashing so uh, yeah, kidney belt on, and like I didn't have the headlight on. Oh, dude, you beat me to it. I was about to say, <laughs> what is with the kidney belt? Like, <laughs> that was not. I don't know why people don't ride with the kidney belt. It's just, it's just like having armor on. It's like having knee brace on. You got to keep your your stomach intact, I guess. Yeah, and no. jiggling around as well. So, just, I, I, I guess it's, it's just a fashion thing with moto. We haven't seen a kidney belt in yeah. a long time, and I definitely made note of that right away. I'm like kidney belt and all. Um, that was that was a big statement. Yeah, just hold your stomach in and I think it saves your core and, you know, and from a crash as well. I think it, it just holds you together a little bit better and, and uh, makes you look skinnier. <laughs> Speaking of that crash, so I think it was the, was it the second moto in the back-to-backs in the morning. So you yep. hit the ground pretty darn hard. Uh, yep. Are you pretty sore or, uh, you know, uh, did you hurt anything? Because that was pretty impressive to get up and... Uh, I heard you were trying to finish the race with uh, some snap arm outs or something like that. <laughs> that was, we'll get to that in a minute. But yeah, that was, you got black flag because of it. But yeah, the, you took a pretty big hit there. How'd it feel? Yeah, um, I was going off the kicker on the uh, the jump there and I saw Cloudy just pass me the corner before and I was like, he hit that next corner pretty slow. And I'm like, oh, I reckon I can get him back around the outside here. And sort of see him go around the outside, around me a little bit wide. And then I was caught in the dust from Melrose and Waters and, I knew there was a kicker in there somewhere, and I was just like, oh, I'll just try and deep bounce this and get, and get out of it, but it didn't quite happen, and, and uh, yeah, it ran, ran a bit short and sort of kicked me into Cloudy's line, and he sort of come down on me, and uh, I wasn't, wasn't looking forward to the the, uh, the impact, but yeah, did, bounced out of it and got up. Did you know in the air yeah. you guys were going to hit, or was it a surprise when you got, like, buckarooed off there? Nah, I saw his, uh, I saw, I saw it kind of cross into him and then the last thing I saw was his foot peg just above me left shoulder. So, yeah, I thought, um, yeah, here comes the meat wagon and I'm heading off. But, uh, yeah, rolled out of it and shake the shoulders and go straight back for the bike and try and get back up and going again. <laughs> this is what I love, right, is um, I, you know, I think motocross riders are sometimes they're pretty spoiled as far as, uh, I don't know if prima donnas is the right word, but they're definitely not as hardcore as you off-road guys. And, 
What did you, did you snap your, was it a bar mount or you had bars that were nearly spacing completely nine? Like what, what, what did you break there when it went down? Yeah, so the bolt snapped in the bar mount into the triple clamp so that um, I was only had one mount, yeah, holding and the bar on. You were trying <laughs> to finish the race with that? Yeah, because I, I thought, yeah, I knew we only had a couple laps to go. So I was like, oh, if I can at least get some sort of points with this overall thing. Um, it'd still be alright. I don't know um, why he's so surprised. Yeah. He's used to hitting trees. So, <laughs> a little bit of dirt, nothing for him. Yeah, if you've looked at me in Scram last few weeks, I've had a few good crashes, so. <laughs> no, I love it, man. Like, as I said, you, you came up that sweeping left and it looked like you put your head down and Cloudy, like you said, he kind of bobbled a little bit before the, the sweeper for the step up after that little double up the hill and you were just like, I could see in your body language and you're like, I'm making this pass back. And yeah, you, you definitely committed full full send it. And um, but all jokes aside, we're saying, oh, you sense it, you're going for it. You you know get serious for a minute. You actually look really good on the track. And one of the questions I, I think I asked you yesterday when I talked to you in between the motos was that a, a motocross setup or was that um, a, an off road hybrid? Like, what did you end up doing with suspension to get to get get a comfortable setting to race out there? Uh, I just pulled the forks out of the my 500 and they pretty soft um and then the shock we just put in was a stiffer seating for a 500 as well so that um actually made it even stiffer in the motocross frame so yeah it was a bit we we're just chasing it all week trying to get it as best as we could without having to go change the whole shock setting or a fork setting over um didn't have a spare set it was either that or go back to stock so um yeah just we just bolted that in and, and hope for the best and i'll just try to get it comfortable as I could within you know that week of, of preparation before the this this race we did well you obviously made it work pretty well now a little bit off topic now so you're obviously racing the AORC series uh, for the listeners yep. out there can you just explain how many rounds have you had so far and how's that series going for you this year uh, we've had four rounds now so first two were in Toowoomba um, head-to-head sprints so yeah we did them um, and then I got Won the E3 class both days and, and second overall behind Milner for the outright thing. Um, and then, yeah, the last round we just had Dung, at Dunglog, New South Wales, before Broadford. Um, so, yeah, that went pretty good for me. Um, second outright Saturday and then and one class um, Saturday as well. Then I won the outright on, on Sunday and the class as well. So that was, um, yeah, come off on a high from that leading into this weekend. So E3, that's open class, right? You said 500, yeah, so you run the Yeah, 300, 302 strokes, 500 four strokes. That's that's a lot of man right there riding a 500 on the <laughs> on the off-road. Um, so I guess jumping back on the 450 sort of production model for motocross, it would have felt, I guess slow is the wrong word, but definitely a bit more manageable than the than the big bike. Yeah, it's um, a lot lighter, lighter flywheel. Um, similar power, just yeah, a bit more snappier and, and just felt really good in all the turns and then in the new um, 19 chassis and, and all plastics on the motocross frame. So, yeah, I liked it. And, I'd imagine there'd be a uh, lot less uh, inertia coming into the turns and, and easier to turn the bike and yeah. stuff. Yeah, it is. It just feels like a 125 nearly. Um, but, yeah, standard <laughs> engine. We just put a we just put the muffler and pipe on it and, and just bars and tyres and we're, off, we're going for it. Because you were getting good starts as well. Um, yeah. I, some, I think some of the NRG TV footage we had, you were on that very inside gate. I can't remember what moto it was. Was that a bit of a local yeah. line or, or what made you go all the way in? Mm, I don't know. Like, 
I don't know, I did a club day at the start of the year there before they changed the track and I tried a couple of insides and then the outsides as well. Um, I could commit a lot more on the outside, but I knew these guys are going to be, they weren't going to back off. And I watched one thing in and it actually scared me. <laughs> and so I was like, I'm going to just take the inside line and get around there safe. Um, obviously, it's not my priority to try and win a national round at the motocross spot. Well, you could have fooled um, me the way just, you were going for it on Sunday. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, then the inside, yeah, I've just picked the third gate on the inside for the first two. And then I did the rookie mistake and um, Cloudy asked me, like I went up to him after, you know, he landed on me and I said, oh, sorry for nearly taking me out or whatever. You know, I didn't mean didn't mean to swap out in front of you. I was just trying to have a crack. And yeah, he's like, he asked what gate I was in. I was like, oh, yeah, this number three or six. And then <laughs> the last moto, he took it on me. So yeah, I was sure like, enough, oh, he just, dropped in, yeah. <laughs> yeah, and was, I was like, oh, oh, well, I'll just take the inside gate. <laughs> so <laughs> and then I still beat him to the first, first corner and, I told him not to use a whole shot butt, but he didn't listen to me, so... <laughs> yeah, okay. <laughs> yeah. So, speaking of that, a little bit of a bummer, that crash, you know, really hurt you in the uh, overall standings for the day, but uh, pretty impressive that you got third in a moto. Uh, were you expecting that, or what were you actually yeah. expecting results-wise coming into the weekend? Um, I don't know. Like, I, I went to Ride Park, like, last year, and I think Mosey and Metcalf were there, and someone another top motocross rider and I sort of matching their times with them I don't know if they're mucking around or whatnot but I don't really go out to other tracks and I thought uh the boys from the team like oh you should have a crack at one round if it fits so um so I I would have liked to go top five like that would have been awesome <laughs> and did that in the first moto and obviously stuck with him obviously I rode along here a little bit when he comes so I try and stick with his times and he's got some particular speed so it's good cross training for you to be able to ride with the moto guys for the intensity and take that to the to the off road stuff, hey? Yeah, yeah, exactly. Like that's where Longy always gets me is when he scrubs, I lose seconds because I can't stay low on a jump. So I've just had to learn how to do that. Have you going to learn that from Longy? I think your scrub game yeah. will come along pretty good, but I don't think yeah, Longy will be able to scrub a log or a, a hill like you can in the off road stuff either. Um, yeah, that's it. So how old are you now, Chucky? Uh, Twenty four. Okay, so. Obviously, the AORC—that's how you pay the bills, and that's how you, um, you know, that's where your career's at. But has it sort of sparked interest in you to maybe think about having a crack at a season of MXN one day, or where, where you at with that? Um, yeah, thought about it, but thought I don't about know. it. That's, well, that's about probably, it. <laughs> that's me. That's me first. Um, that's me first thought, really. From obviously, I haven't had any results in this field, so yeah, money's good where I'm at. So I'm happy to stay in the Euros seen that's where i've been brought up and and that's a um, community i've been in so uh, yeah I, I love the off-road stuff but motocross is just something different i've been just chasing some com- you know competition obviously me and milner are so far in front of the rest of the field in australia uh, there's you know it's just me and him going to battle every weekend so i thought why not have a crack at the national and you know try and run up against those guys and actually get our get our butts handed to us for once so yeah, it seems that way that it's always you two battling for the outright wins and, and yeah. you're kind of winning your classes respectively. Um, I saw something the other day on Instagram. Can you shed some light on this? A lot of the listeners that listen to this show are probably more moto-orientated moto with MXN anyway, but um, was there a debate going on whether you guys should start having um, points for the outright wins as well as the class wins? Was that something I saw online? Yeah, you know, I did an article with that. Um, I don't know. It's always just been the outright, you know, it's got to be an overall number one, I guess. But 
everyone always sees that. Like, end of the day, you look at your times, you can win your class, but you're like, well, is someone faster than me or not? Like, you want to be you the guys, rider you guys country, don't get so. you guys don't get paid or you guys don't win anything additional for being the outright winner. It's class only, yeah. Nah, you do. Oh, you do. Okay. <laughs> everyone, right. everyone, everyone says it's not there, but it's there. Yeah. Every okay. manufacturer still wants them in the outright. Don't worry about that. Oh, okay. All right. That's uh, yeah, sort of showing my naivety to the off-road scene a little bit there. Yeah. Um, so this give you some bragging rights now. You go back to the bush and and uh, you kind of saying, man, them them moto guys are pussies. You should have seen what I did to them after one round, sort of thing, or. <laughs> No, I don't like. I respect those. Guys. I'm messing like, with you, man. I, I'm only joking. Yeah, yeah. yeah. That, <laughs> I don't. I, I might have come across like that on the start line, or some rider saw me, but they're all, you know, they have the serious mentality, and I just see they just build up so much pressure, and they need to have fun with it. Like it's just that's why us off riders have a lot of fun. We all talk to each other and and enjoy it. Where motocross is just so, you know, it's, everyone looks down the the hallway and sees nothing else but you know got to get there first and smash everyone along the way that's how it looks and some riders have fun but um yeah I'm, it's just so it's just always been looked like that i guess from outside from my looking side in yeah i don't yeah. think you're wrong I, I don't think you're wrong at all there's a lot of pressure um there's a lot of pressure on the mxn guys and the pits is it's not gnarly serious but it is pretty serious um yeah it's it's yeah it's an interesting dynamic and I think that we saw Erky Caro we saw Lawson bopping at the last round it's making it really interesting for us as far as um you know each round we've got so much to talk about with new faces coming in you know we had Caro and we had uh, bopping mm. at one thaggy those guys came in you know Caro comes over from Europe bopping comes yeah. off the couch but there's no pressure and I, I say that to a lot of riders that I work with and and it's obviously something you're aware of you know, you come in on one race like yourself on the weekend, you're just there to have fun, there's no expectations. Um, but maybe if you go do another couple of rounds, all of a sudden you do have expectations and there yeah. are pressure and that's that balancing act, right? Mm. Yeah, that's it. But, um, all right, hey, man, we're going to have to uh, run because we've got the rest of the show to fit in. But yeah, I, as I was talking to you yesterday, I, I really wanted to get you on the show because I just thought it was a super cool story. And um, got to say hats off to you man for coming out and having a crack and, and going full send it mode against the MXM boys it was really entertaining to watch I think you would have gained a lot of new fans um, yeah what's what's the Instagram handle where can people hit you up where can they find out about you from uh, the MXN scene if they're if they're checking out the AORC boys where, where are you at on Instagram yeah just uh, Daniel Sanders underscore 11 I think just on I don't know Daniel Chuck Sanders on Facebook and I uh, know we've got Hatter coming up now so that's I'm heading up there now to do some testing, so we'll get some, uh, get yeah, some fast stuff. That was my the, last uh, question. So you got Hatter and Fink or just Hatter? Nah, just Hatter. So we've got to wait for July. So we've got a big, um, big gap. And, yeah, I'll be going, trying to go fast over some uh, sand whoops and all that. So maybe I can fit Murray Bridge in the schedule. <laughs> yeah, that, that would be a bad place to test. They've got some rollers out there, probably not yeah. as long as Hatter. But, um, so you're going to ride the big 500 at Hatter? Yeah, I'll be on the big 500, so... Mate, I saw a video last year of you guys coming around that first, like, not the first turn, but that first sort of area where the spectators are, and I don't know if you were leading last year. I can't remember the clip exactly, but you guys were hauling the mail. I looked at that, and I was like, I want no part of that. That was ridiculous how fast you guys were going. I think I think the motocross boys want to come across and do it. It's just like a big motocross track, I reckon. Like, it's just straight. You just got to hold a tap and... And lean back, but yeah, the rest s- of it is a big motocross track. You say that, but I don't know. That's pretty gnarly. Have you ever done Hatter, Duran? Yeah, I've done it a couple times. I did it once as a junior and once as a senior, and uh, it was that. It's just that. It's a big long motocross race, and 
I think about three laps in, my brain just went on autopilot and just started <laughs> clicking off laps. And it was actually one of the coolest events I've ever done. Uh, and I think for about five minutes afterwards, I was like, I'm never doing that again. And then I, yeah. it set in and I was like, damn, I can't wait to do this again. But I've just been hurt every year. Every so, year. So it's, eventually uh, I want to get back and do it because it is one of those cool events. It has a really good atmosphere. And uh, the speeds that you carry, it's definitely something else. It's on my to-do list every year. I'm like, I've got a few events I want to do, but the whole four-hour thing, I'm just like, I'm not fit enough for that. I don't ride enough. It's um, That's a long time. But you, you guys that are doing the... The off-roads, what's the longest you guys do? Three-hour cross-countries, right? Is yeah, that correct? Yeah, three-hour cross-countries, that's it, yeah. Yeah, so an extra hour at Hatter, that's uh, not the end of the world, I guess. <laughs> no, 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 it is, though. <laughs> <laughs> I just remember is, everyone was telling me that uh, you have to be careful, you'll fry a clutch on the 250, but uh, about a lap, lap in, my uh, hands, you know, cramped up. And I actually didn't touch the clutch for pretty much the entire race. So <laughs> Problem <laughs> it was solved. fine. The bike was fine. Problem solved. Hey, mate, we've got to run, but um, thanks very much for coming on the show. And uh, I'd like to, we're going to try and get a little bit more of AORC and off-road stuff into this Inside Dirt show as we you know, grow this platform. Um, so, you know, I'm, I know Milner, I know yourself. It would be cool to get you boys on and, uh, and even do some one-on-ones as far as uh, maybe get you in the studio and have a chat. It would be cool, mate. So... Yes, I'll touch base with you, but um, good luck for the rest of the AORC season and good job coming out to MXN. And uh, thanks for coming on the show, man. We'll talk to you soon. All right. Thanks, guys. Cheers. See you, mate. Yeah. All right. Daniel Chucky Sanders, send it for the AORC boys. He, for you guys that haven't watched NRG TV, uh, the recap shows yet, um, or you were not at Broadford, um, he was going for it. It was very impressive. And uh, I think we spoke about it enough, but man, these guys keep coming in and, and it's making MX1 so interesting, isn't it? Well, it's mixing up the results and uh, it just shows you because there's been quite odd results and you throw in the uh, Kurt Gibbs's uh, one thaggy round, uh, Todd Waters is, isn't that far off. I think he's only, what, nine points? Yeah, it's not. Um, well, the points that we've looked, I mean, we can go to the championship now, I guess. I was going to do it a different way, but that's all good. So we got, yeah, um, Melros currently still with the red plate 152 cloudy's now second 147 and then gibsy and waters are 145 and 143 so they're not really out of it at all so considering that waters has had that i guess you could say a throwaway moto with the dnf at one thaggy he's still right in this so i think it's got to be quite wiring for the rest of the field uh i want to talk about the scoring for uh, MX1 and these back-to-back motos. Yeah, well, let's get to that now. So the the MX1 format, you had the, the two eight-lap back-to-back motos to start the day. So they do uh, Gator Op, eight-lapper, back to the line, and uh, then they're back out again. I think five-minute break, and they're back out again, another eight laps. And how the scoring system works is they kind of take uh, Moto1 and Moto2 as a back-to-back, and they make an overall score out of those two motos, and that ends up like one moto score so for me and i'm sure one convo with kevy it would clear this up and change my mind but as a viewer i was watching that and uh, i was so confused at the end of the day i seen that uh gibbs got the overall but for me i thought waters with a one one two would have got the overall so i think they just need to maybe explain that a little bit uh better to the public because to me Waters won two-thirds of the races on the weekend but didn't win the overall, so that was quite confusing. Yeah, well, to clarify, so the 1-1 one, one gave Waters a 1. Yeah. Th- yep. And then the 2-2 two, two gave Gibbsy a 2, and then you take it to the second moto, and it's reverse because obviously Gibbs won, Waters was second. 
So that's where you get your overall. So, and it's not just, you know, a retarded rule that uh, the officials are put in. It's the teams were actually requesting that they didn't want, if you have a problem in those back-to-backs, to affect the championship that much with two moto point scores being sacrificed if you have a problem. So they actually wanted it to make it so that those first two motos count as their own little overall. Yeah, and I get that. And it's the same with the Supercross when they've got the triple, they call it the triple crowns, right? Um, they have, you know, the teams and the and the riders said, hey, if we have individual moto points for each gate drop of that triple crown, we're going to have, I think it was a hundred, what's it, 35 points of moto win, right? So what's that? Yeah. 105 point, is that, yeah, 105 point swing. So if you have a DNF or an injury, that's massive. So I think an important one to bring up with this, and this is exactly why they've made this rule, is Kyle Webster. So at Wanthaggy, he had that DNF. And uh, it really didn't put him out of the points as bad as you would think uh, with having that uh, podium in the very next moto. Yeah, true, true. That one thing that could have been disastrous for him. I just got word the AMA is a twenty-six points a moto win. But yeah, uh, I thought you were out to lunch on that, but I didn't want to. Bring no, you could just just say like, <laughs> I can I can be wrong, man. It, it wouldn't be the first time someone's called me out. Okay, talking about the results with Maros, I've written down that. So Maros, you would think to me, I think of a rider that's you know consistent. He's not very flashy, and he just gets the job done. So we've seen out of three rounds now, at one thaggy he crashed. He had a, well, actually a quite a big crash. It was a big get off, yeah. Get and then that second moto on the weekend, that was some speed out of him that I don't think we've ever really seen. And he was on the edge. It's so cool to see that he wants this so bad. He is pushing so hard in these motos. And it showed that speed he had was like he pulled out on everyone. Uh, and, you know, is unfortunate just a little lapse in concentration on that last lap really stuffed it for him. But It did. I think, and I'm going to stop talking about Melros now as a surprise because three rounds in, like, he's the real deal. And uh, I know I keep saying, oh, he's Supercross only guy. Oh, it's a surprise. It's not a surprise anymore. You know, he's definitely shown us, like you said, he wants it. Um, the thing for me now is, uh, like you said, he's, he's going pretty hard. He's so going he's got to show it. maturity. So yeah. he hasn't really been in like a 450 championship run like this. And to me, he should have backed it down at the end of that motor. Gibbs wasn't exactly on him. He, there was a little bit of a gap. There was a few seconds. Do you think that was a mistake, though, on his part? Like, I honestly don't think he did anything wrong looking at it. No, it just must have been a little bit of a lapse in concentration, didn't read the track right, and he's just tucked the front end. So, mm. uh, I mean, the, the second crash was definitely... That was his fault. He got flustered. And yeah, he just sent he it and then... stuffed it and, yeah, so... Yeah. That it just showed you how steep those hills actually are. He rolled down the hill. <laughs> he did, and he... And that's the problem. They have, um, you know, the cameras just don't do it justice how steep those hills are. Like, when you traverse those hills, and it's literally as wide as the dozer blade where the track is, it's wide enough, but if you get off that line, like we said, there was the clip of the right-hander where you had the straight-line ruts before the uphill, and we had Todd Waters, and I think... I think Malkowitz uh, and also Hayden. Yeah, a few guys, they were just paddling to stay on the track because if you get off that line, you're going downhill quick and that is a steep ravine to get down. And I remember in 16 when it was a mudder down there, there were so many bikes getting stuck. So I was talking, I think it was in the previous show, if Raceline, you know, really establishes themselves with good results this year, they're going to be, you know, one of the top teams. And if you look across both, like all three classes actually, that team must have done something right in the off-season because... They're killing it, and it looks like the bike they've put beneath uh, Malros is 
like they've put in their homework, it's handling really well, and for him, you know, to come out and, and be as good as he was, it, it isn't a surprise, like you're saying, but for that team to be doing so well across all three classes, it's pretty cool. Well, the catch with that is, though, all I'll say is it's not a coincidence that obviously KDM's in-house factory program disbanded at the end of 18. So clearly, even though Raceline have not been labelled the factory team, I don't think KDM's doing that anymore as far as a label. They've clearly got the lion's share of the budget and the suspension from WP and the funding because you wouldn't be able to run a three-rider program uh, with the way the sport and the industry is right now without that kind of assistance from the factory. Would you agree? Well, yeah, KDM, I think worldwide, you see, uh, it's they definitely pump some money into it. And just because the you know in-house team isn't around anymore doesn't mean that they're not you know, throwing money to Raceline and it definitely shows that uh, they're putting their homework in the off-season and uh, got a really strong team this yeah. year again. With that being said, though, is like you can give all the funding and you can give all the, um, you know, you can give funding, you give equipment, but without the right infrastructure in the team like Woodsy and those guys, they run a good program because we've seen over the years as teams that get funding, they get access to, you know, factory products, whatever it is, suspension, motors, A-kit, whatever you want to call it, and sometimes the results don't always come. Yeah, it does come down to, you know, uh, I think they've got Maros, Roberts and Duffy. And I'm not sure about Duffy, but uh, Maros is obviously one of the hardest workers in the sport. And it's not a surprise that, you know, hard work pays off. It is. And that's, I think, like I said, I'm going to stop addressing that saying, oh, it's a surprise. Because at this point, you know, watching him from the first lap of practice um, at Broadford, like, like you said, that bike looks great. He looks so dialed in, and um, he's fit. He's confident. You can tell he's he's definitely making it happen now. Um, Super Pole, the start off at the start of the day. Um, Waters gets the win in Super Pole. Mel Ross is second, 0.5 of a second off. That time from Waters was pretty impressive. Um, Gibbsy third. Gibbsy to me was doing his usual Super Bowl performance, where you can barely hear him on the track compared to everybody else. He's just upper gear, lugging the bike, carrying that rolling speed. Um, one point five off of Todd. Todd was on it there in water uh, in um, Super Bowl. Uh, now Jesse Dobson makes another Super Bowl full privateer. He's got that sprint speed, and uh, it's you know another one that's he's starting to get these consistent results and be up there. I think he ended up what fifth overall for the day. Yeah, well, so, I think yeah, I think you might be right. Let me check a little. So pretty impressive for him. He's just got the one bike, uh, so he's putting a lot of hours on it. And you know, sometimes that can be really beneficial. You may not have the you know trickest and nicest bike out, but he looks super comfortable, which we haven't seen for the last couple of years. And you know, if he, if he keeps putting in the work, he could you know I could wouldn't be surprised to see him on the podium by the end of the year. Yeah, and you know yourself, um, you know you've raced for race teams. So talk about that a little bit, Duran, because you spend. Uh, you spend that much time on your practice bike down here in Victoria for Dobson up there in Queensland. And uh, then you get um, you get to the race where you've got your super rigid race bike frame that's barely been ridden. Um, and you jump on that. And sometimes the comfortability really isn't there. So Well, I, I remember, you know, speaking of that, that when I was on the Suzuki team, uh, our practice bikes, the frames were really nice and worn in. And uh, Doggy Marmont, who was my teammate at the time, hopped on his race bike at Appen uh, to run it in before the week before round one. And he, he not that he didn't crack the shits, but he wasn't happy, and uh, it was he had to definitely put some time on that bike because there is a big difference if you go from a clapped out pracky bike with a nice, you know, uh, yeah, frame, the frame yeah, stretch, the heads, in, and then go to a race bike. That is a you know 
the public probably doesn't think about that, but it is a massive comfort thing. And you will actually see, see race teams a lot will take a practice bike frame and use it for the race bike just to have that comfort because there is a big difference. Yeah, I was about to say the amount of times that you see guys at round one with a new new race bike and then come round two, they've got the practice bike frame and the race bike motor. Um, it happens more commonly than people think from the from the general public side of things. Now, uh, the last guy who made Super Bowl, um, pretty impressive here, Justin Rodbell, he, um, who's that guy? Yeah, who's that guy, Rob Bell? Now, he uh, he made Super Bowl Duran. That's pretty impressive. This kick continues to really make his mark on the series. So it's pretty cool that he was in uh, Super Bowl again. I, I don't know. I think that's at all three rounds. I know we didn't run it at uh, Appen, Appen, but yeah. I think he was in it at one thaggy. So Did he make one? Donnell? Did he make? He's definitely got that sprint speed. Uh, the thing was, I remember, I think it was on the one thaggy review show, we spoke about uh, that... He had the speed, but his bike didn't look like it handled great. So he made Super Bowl. I'm not sure what did he end up for the day because that track was so treacherous and rough, you know, with all those square edges. Yeah, he was uh, six on the day. So his moto scores, Rod Bell went seven, six, and then um, seven, six, nine, and that gave him seventh overall. All right, so about right. So he got fifth in Super Bowl and ended up seventh for the day, but... You know, Broadford's one of those tracks if your bike isn't handling great. And, you know, I don't really have anything to go off because we didn't really see him on NRG TV. Yeah, uh, that, that's what I was going to say. I, I don't know if anyone saw anything different. I didn't see much of him on the show, so you can't. But there was a lot of bikes out there that didn't look like they were handling great. Um, can't say for sure. Of, I'm sure Rod Bell's been testing and getting some stuff figured out. But uh, yeah, it wouldn't be surprising if they were searching for setup. Well, I wouldn't be surprised if he comes out and does really well, uh, Murray Bridge. Yeah. I think that could really suit him. I think that's an American-style Yeah, track. whereas Broadford's a bit of a, you know, crapshoot with the track uh, just being so different to anything else we really have. So I, I wouldn't be surprised if he does get great results at uh, Murray Bridge, but hopefully uh, he isn't going to, you know, sort of get comfy and become a seventh-place dude because we saw at, uh, I think it was the last moto at Wonthaggy, he, he got fourth and he can be up there and, you know, be a podium guy uh, at some stage throughout the year. So hopefully he's not one of those, you know, comes in with a head of steam and sort of backs off a little bit. Yeah, it's going to be interesting to see where it goes for Rob Bell. But, um, all right, let's take a look at the overall. So Gibbsy gets the overall from Waters. Like we said, it was basically those two trading wins. Um, was a little bit, I think a little bit surprised in Moto2 Duran that Waters didn't get it any further to the front. Um, it seemed like it. Just didn't have, didn't well, he had a, uh, a crash or something because one of the laps he came around and he had dropped. He went from four seconds to eleven seconds behind. Yeah, that was the part I didn't. We didn't get it on the show, um, so we were either saying, you know, either it was a penalty or he went down. I still didn't get the word on what happened. But so I really think he's got the most speed out of everyone this year. He's shown it, like. Well, those first two back-to-back wins were, uh, they were they were massive. And in that last motor, he didn't get the best start, but. He could pretty much go anywhere on the track and make it work, which not many people could do out there. Man, he had such a good line at that right-hander, yeah, that's at that I'm uphill thinking, with the yeah. big square edge holes, and he was just running. That wet line wasn't good all day around the outside, and then he just found a way. He calls the Husqvarna the tractor, but he was just tractoring up that hill, and he was eating them up. It's a shame that he had that incident, but, you know, so you say Waters, to me, probably the fastest guy on the day. Just didn't get it done with the overall, but still tied for points with Gibbsy. So that's good for both of those guys as far as moving up in the championship run. Um, Cloudy third, like you said, to me, and, and and I agree with what we talked about before, 
uh, Duran just looked a slightly little bit off with how he was riding that broad for track. Yeah, to me, it didn't like it looked like he had the intensity that he usually does, and uh, sometimes like he obviously won one, what sorry, won one thaggy. And if you're not feeling comfortable, it just shows his maturity. If he did back it down a little bit and, uh, you know, he still was on the podium for the day and that could be a ride at the end of the championship that, you know, really helps him and gets solid points. It was smart. I, and I'll be honest, like watching Cloudy go out in practice, like as soon as, you know, he's very aggressive. He's, he's very much off the front of the bike. He revs the bike, likes to scrub. Uh, he doesn't lug it. He's aggressive. And I, as soon as I watched him out there in practice and qualifying, you know, you knew he was going to be up there. As far as he's that elite level guy, he's going to be in the top five. But I just thought to myself, this isn't a racetrack where we're going to see Luke Clout excel, you know? Bit of a contrast between him and his teammate Gibbs. You know, Gibbs is lugging the bike around. He's always got his feet on the pegs and it's just, you know, makes it look so effortlessly. Yeah. Effortless, it, it, sorry, around the track. Yeah. Um, so I was trying to think of that other word you said. It was... Uh, normalcy. Normalcy, effortlessly. It's a word. It is a word. We Holy looked it up. Crap. It's a word. Um, so yeah, Cloudy. See, I told you I finished school. <laughs> Dirt bags are important. Education's <laughs> important too. Uh, Melros fourth. That's a heartbreaker for him. He actually tied for third with Clout, but because Clout got him in that, I think if Melros hadn't gone down the second time, he would have beat Clout. But because he went for a trip over the edge of the track and went tumbling down the hill. Um, you got to feel for Hayden, but man, he it was a toss up for me. Like I really wanted to get uh, Meros on the show tonight, but I didn't want it to be the whole thing about how hey you threw the win away. So I know he's going to get another win, and we'll we'll definitely get well, him. Well, I on. think he's going to get. You know, obviously he's going to get a win, but like to well, be he honest, already got a win. It, well, he got a win at round one, but he didn't get a win as yeah, far so it's, as it's coming. But to be honest, like he crapped a bit hard in that last moto, and he's got to be kicking himself. That, you know, he threw it away like that. Uh, I guess you can't be too hard on yourself, though. I mean, yeah, it's definitely not ideal. But um, at the same time, what do you do, right? Like, it, it happens. We've no, not, we've all been there, but a lot of guys have been there, right? Well, he hasn't been in that position, like, often. Like, he's always been a top guy. But to be, you know, in the premier class now and leader motos, like, we haven't really seen that obviously happen. He, uh, you know, won, I guess you could say. But... Uh, this is sort of the first time that we've seen him out front, and I was so impressed with that sprint speed he had. He just motored away from him, and we're actually seeing that at Wanthaggy as well before that crash. So if he can stay on two wheels, I really think he could take it to uh, Waters and you know be you know fighting for the fastest guy in the class. But the big thing is going to be the consistency of Gibbs is what I think is going to get him over the line and get this championship. Yeah, it's going to be... It's going to be interesting. Well, I think, like you said, we've got, like, we talked about it before. We've got Waters and we've got Gibbs. They're the elder statesmen in the class. They've got the experience and they've got the speed. They're on the right equipment. Everything's going for them. But then you've got Clout and Melros, the youngsters that have got the speed. Do they have the experience down the road in the championship hunt? That's the question. Now, uh, Dobson, fifth overall, super impressive. You take a look at his Instagram. You take a look at his race reports. He's saying he wants more. He thinks he's capable of more. But he's sticking to the plan, quote-unquote. And what I think that plan is, is not getting injured, not forcing the issue. You know, I think really, realistically, he needs to put a solid season together and then shop for a ride for Supercross. Well, I might be completely out to lunch on this one, but to me it looks like he he's doing it easy. But that also could be a little bit of lack of fitness. So uh, you, 
he did say that he only got his bike, you know, two weeks before round one. So if he gets a little bit more fitness towards the end of the year, and we've got the, you know, mid-season break coming up. So he's one of those guys that could come out swinging. Uh, I think it's a gimpy and, you know, really get some solid results. Okay, Caro, six. Um, Caro, I guess, speaking, I didn't get a chance to speak to Erky on the weekend. Like I said, I wasn't there as much as I am usually. Uh, from everyone that did speak with him, I, I guess I really had him picked European MXGP quote-unquote style Broadford, but I guess he kind of prefers the sand a little bit more, and that's why he excelled so much at Wonthaggy. It wasn't a bad one for him, seventh over, uh, sixth overall, but um, going from winning winning in uh, a moto at, at Wonthaggy to being you know outside the top five, I guess you set yourself with pretty high expectations once you do that with the first outing. Yeah, pretty hard to back that one up, but... You know, because we only had that one moto format at round one, he's seventh in points right now, and it would be a big shame if he doesn't stick around for this series. I think he's going home. He said he wasn't quite sure what was happening. So I feel like the it's like I'm going home, and now it's like I don't know. He already got some hookup, you know, people looking after him with product, and and I don't think any team's going to sign him at this point because there's no budget left to speak for, but. I wouldn't be surprised if if some guys get together and help him stay. It just depends if it makes sense for him, but we'll see where it goes. Rod Bell, seventh. Um, you know, like we've already talked about Rod Bell, pretty impressive ride again. Jaden Rikers, eighth overall. Um, you know, Rikers had killer speed at one thaggy. Didn't really see him a whole lot on NRG TV just because of, of where he was at on the starts and stuff, but eighth overall for Rikers. You know, he's he's doing it doing it hard, man. Like, he's working, he's, he's hustling, he's, he's a privateer. He's got some help from the KSF guys and Suzuki, Bernard Suzuki. Um, I mean, Riker's kind of had that breakout ride at Wonthaggy, but the results didn't reflect that with the penalty he got. Um, but, man, he's he's been impressive this year, Duran. Well, I think for him, when we do go to those softer tracks like Wonthaggy, he's going to be, you know, get those more solid results. But he's going to be a top 10 guy all year. But for someone in his position... No, he really has to be a top five guy each and every weekend to try and get a little bit more support and I make know. it easier. And I said that about Dylan Wills as well. That's the hard part because top 10 is mate Like MX1 elite class in the country, top 10 is, is amazing as a privateer, but it really isn't quite enough if you're going to, you know, and he's had factory rides before. He's had factory support, um, but Rikers is really going to need to show us a couple of top fives to hopefully see him land somewhere with a solid signing. Milner, he rode a 350 to ninth overall. I didn't realize he was on a 350 until... Um, I saw on Instagram today. Um, I made fun of him in the morning. Just said, nice headlight. I think he had a headlight on, but, you know, just give him a shout-out in the pits. But, you know, Milner 9th, Sanders 10th. Uh, Milner actually had planned to do the entire MX National Series uh, before the clash with Murray Bridge in one of the rounds. Um, but, yeah, Milner's another of them off-road guys. Like, he is a killer off-road rider. He's won um, International Six Day. He's won the Australian Four Day. He's won multiple AORC championships. Um, and yeah, he's got he's got crazy good skills on a motocross track too. So ninth overall for Milner. I don't think he puts himself in any risk when he does MXN. I think he enjoys it, but he doesn't put himself in crazy situations where. Well, like Chucky just said uh, on that interview we just did, their paycheck comes obviously from uh, the off road stuff, and it's pretty cool for them to come out and you know, I think they're always going to make up the the end of that top ten. Uh, and obviously we saw Chucky come out and absolutely kill it, but. For them to you know be tail end up top, sorry tail end of that top ten, it just goes to show you how good riders good riders they are. Uh, I, I doubt you would see some of the top ten MXN guys transition to AORC round and be battling with those guys for a win. Yeah, I think uh, th- those top 
off-road guys obviously have some speed and they've got to practice motocross at some stage and like i think uh, a lot of the a lot of that is what they do like you see milner's house you see sander's house like it's a motocross track and they just do a little bit of well i think milner trains with ross with uh some of the motocross guys so yeah he uses a lot of motocross training um but yeah cool to see ninth and tenth overall milner and sanders now let's talk about brett metcalf around 11th overall he come into the round um it was pretty quiet on social media. We saw before the round there was a, a, not a PR, but a, an Instagram post came out. He's got a broken uh, finger from that first turn crash where Kirk Gibbs' bike mangled him off the bike when they collided. Um, and you could tell Medi, honestly, I guess he's out there for points, but he wasn't racing. He was surviving at that point. It's got to be, you know, a tough pill to swallow for him to have to come out and, you know, obviously not be able to perform anywhere near uh, what he would expect. But as you saw on Instagram, that photo Uribe put up, his finger was... Oh, mate, it looked awful. Like, I can't imagine trying to hold on around Broadford with a hand like that. I just wonder if Honda had another rider out there in the 450 class, whether Metcalf would have to be out there. I understand he's trying to get, you know, championship points, and we could really see that this could pay off by the end of the year because after this mid-season break, he could come out swinging and, you know, really get some... Where is he? He's ninth in the championship right now. Um... And he is currently on 97 points. So, yeah, he's he's nearly 50 points down already. Yeah, so he really is out of it, if yeah, you think I've, of championship-wise. So and, Unless he goes on a winning rampage in the second half of the season. I mean, we've seen Dean Ferris throw a moto before and win the championship. But, but 50 points. But 50 points, is, that's more than a moto now. But let's hope Medi can bounce back. I think, you know, going to Murray Bridge, going to his home round is going to give him some encouragement, but... He's not going to be ready to go before the second half of the season. Uh, sorry, by the second half of the season. That's why I expect him ready to go. Shadbolt, 12th. Uh, Ryan Shadbolt, local Vic privateer. Pretty pretty solid performance, 12th overall. Shout out to Shadbolt. Um, he's got some help uh, with um, uh, Roy McKercher, the, the, the plumbing crew that he runs. They're sort of sponsoring him, helping him out. So McKercher's doing some cool stuff there, which was good to see. Uh, Richie Evans, Yamla Yamaha, 13th overall. Bumped into Evans in the pit Sunday morning. And I said good day. He could barely talk. He was coughing and spluttering, and, and he's been sick. So, I guess. Uh, yeah, well, uh, watching that third motor, he got he was up there at the start and uh, seemed to, you know, move back through the pack fairly yeah, quickly. He, so his a words tough to me, weekend. coughing was sick as a dog and just kept walking. So I don't like, think we can really base anything off those results. Obviously, we saw. I think he got a fifth uh, at one thaggy in one of the motos. So. Uh, obviously a tough weekend for him, but I think he's obviously going to be, you know, consistent top 10 guy and not back in 13th for overall for the rest of the rounds. Yeah, no, for sure. He's definitely better than that. Um, Cody Dice, 14th, not a standout day for Dicey, but not horrible either, um, moving in the right direction. Lawson Bopping, uh, didn't quite live up to the hype that we saw at Wonthaggy, um, but, you know, he's definitely building. I think that would have been a bit of a steep learning curve for him going from a, a, a loamy kind of whooped out sand track where you can flow and, and be boppo and then go into a gnarly square edge Broadford where you, you can't really do that. Well, he was running up front, front in one of the motos and he still made it look like he was doing it easy. Uh, I know he said... He uh, says he, he's not easy, but I disagree. He makes it look so easy, but... But he's one of those riders that if he just gets some fitness, he could pot in one of these rounds because he runs up there uh, with the leaders uh, and he looks like he's doing it easy and then obviously the fitness factor you know st- sets in and, and yeah, he drifts and back that would have been a, a horrible track to be struggling with fatigue with how rough it was but boppo's going to get it together raven hall 16th creech 17th whiteman 18th 
Lockie Davis, 19th. McManus rounding out your top 20. That's going to do us for MX1, guys. And uh, we're doing a little bit of a different show format tonight because we've got Mason Simmons on in MXD. So we're going to have a, a quick chat about the MX2 rundown and then we'll get Simmons on from there to talk about his ride in MXD. Just grabbing my sheets, guys. Sorry about that. <laughs> got too much paper, man. Be shaking your head, though. Now there's a lot of paper going on here. Right. MX2. Probably not much more we need to talk about than the big red number one of uh, Wilson Todd. And man, the NRGTV footage we got of that start, I think it was Moto 1 or Moto 2. I can't remember, but he ripped a really big hole shot. Uh, it must have been Moto 2 because. Uh, in Moto One, I think it was Barham that actually got the whole shot. So yeah, okay, Moto Two. That was that was an impressive whole shot. Um, and his sprint speed. This is what I wanted to talk about. He was out of there by the end of that first lap. He uh, dropped a lap time that was four seconds quicker than anyone. He threw down on that first lap of that second moto, and um, yeah, he and that that's the just the experience level and the confidence he has. Like he managed that moto. Like he dropped four and a bit seconds on that first lap. Excuse me. And then if you look at, um, you know, Moto2, we had, um, sorry, I'm just looking at my notes to make sure I don't make a mistake. So Webster was obviously second in both motos, but Webster was, mar- uh, you could tell that Wilson Todd was marking Webster because after that first lap, he was just maintaining that gap the whole time. Well, I don't, we haven't seen uh, Wilson be pressured yet. Uh, like he's just got out front and he's managed it and made it look easy. So I think one of the riders that could really be a, you know, pressure him is Jay Wilson, but we just haven't seen him get the starts. He hasn't been able to put Wilson Todd under pressure, and he's just Wilson Todd's just been doing it so easy. It's making it look effortless. And uh, the other thing I wanted to talk to you about that bike. So on NRG, you guys are blowing it up and saying how fast it is. Yeah. So I can't see how that bike. Yeah, it's going to be fast, but it's not going to be any faster than the Circa Yamahas or the like Jay Wilsons or anything like that. So I, I th- really think it's working into Wilson's favour that everyone's been talking about how fast that bike is because he is getting out to the starts and, and all that. But I just, he's really, you know, he's. I think it's more him than the bike. Oh, I'm not saying it's the bike. Don't get me wrong. It's definitely Wilson. But, man, you look at that bike on track in certain sections and that I just think that package that the DPH guys have given him this year, it's... It's definitely complementing what he's doing. You know what I mean? Well, to me, it's more of a comfort thing. For him to move across from the Yamaha to the, the Husky, uh, the DPH guys have obviously, you know, got him super comfy. They've obviously put their homework in with the, uh, you know, suspension set up because it doesn't look like he's pushing and it would be super cool to see if, you know, one of the guys steps up and pressures him and then we can really see uh, his sprint speed for the entire moto because that, you know, second moto, he just was out of there. Yeah, honestly, I don't think, like you said, he's not been pressured yet, really. I think he's got more in the tank. I feel like that sprint speed we saw in moto two, if he needed to throw that down for 10, 15, 20 minutes, I think it's possible. I think he could do that. And he's definitely on another level right now in MX2. Um, like you said, the only rider that I really feel, like you look at Moto2, Jay Wilson gets a third. Um, best lap was on lap eight for, lap nine for Wilson. So a long way into the Moto. He does a 137.1. Uh, fastest lap of the race was Wilson with 137.1. Wilson Todd. So his sprint speed was only good for a 138.2. Um, so as much as we're blowing up Wilson Todd's sprint speed there, um, if if what I'm looking at is correct in front of me, this is the mile lap. So yeah, Jay Wilson, 137.1. Uh, 
to Wilson Todd 138.2. So Wilson did a faster lap. So he's just not putting himself in, in good positions. And uh, in that first moto, he had that really bad start and crashed on the second lap. So for him to still come through, get a fifth, and then be able to go third in that second moto, he did salvage some points. But he can't keep doing this if he wants to be uh, in it for this championship. He's letting Wilson Todd get uh, good starts and, and win all these motos. At some point, it's got to be you know not enough for him to... Uh, get through the pack and and get these you know third overall. He needs to start winning, which he obviously can do. I it's, think he he's can, capable of he it. He can be the dude that challenges Wilson Todd, but I it's think just not the, happening yet. The other thing I guess we can talk about here is you look at in Moto One, Kyle Webster did a one thirty six five, so that was faster than Wilson Todd as well. But the difference I'm seeing is like say that second Moto, um, Kyle Webster's fastest lap lap eleven one thirty seven seven. Jay Wilson's fastest lap one thirty seven one lap nine. Wilson Todd's fastest lap, lap three. Yeah, so he's just getting out there. And that's a, that, to me, that's confidence because for Jay or for Kyle, I'm not saying that they're going slow. Like, obviously, their time's actually faster, but they're doing it when they're comfortable. They're doing it when they know the track. They're doing it when they're, quote, unquote, warmed up. Wilson's going out and throwing it down cold, and that, that to me, shows that he's confident. The cool thing was uh, on the weekend that Kyle Webster went 2-2, and... You know, he's not really known for his consistency. And for him to go out and get two solid motos like that, and, you know, in that first one, he did catch Wilson mm. and nearly won that moto. The, the thing I wanted to talk about was that first moto was a little bit heavier. And to me, up some of those hills, he looked down on power compared to Wilson and the Yamahas. It's no secret that that's 250, the CRF 250 isn't the best production package to build horsepower from. That's true, but... you. You know, like it would be and cool to see. And we've kind of criticised that team as well for mechanicals, where they're maybe trying to squeeze a lot of horsepower. Or I've heard different things with electrical and ignition issues as well. Um, I don't know where you go from that. I mean, I know in the states, and uh, you got Geico Honda uh, in in the MXGPs, the two fifties. Like Mitch Evans is riding for uh, the team name eludes me right now. One one four. You know, you saw Hunter Lawrence last year really, I feel, struggling on that bike because it was down on power and that package wasn't where it needed to be. Mitch has kind of been making it work, but we really haven't seen Mitch factor in the first turns much since round one either. Yeah, so for Webster, there's no doubt that he's going to be good in the sand and he's probably the fittest dude out there. So for him, whether or not that's going to be enough towards the end of these motos to catch up if he's not getting these starts. So he might come out at Murray Ridge and hole shot and make us look silly. But I just it wouldn't be the me, fir- wouldn't be the first time exactly. But <laughs> to me, just watching NRG that first moto, he was down on power. Maybe that's just me out to lunch, but to me, it did look like he was down on power. No, I don't think you're out to lunch there. Um, Nathan Crawford, third in moto one, um, not the best moto two, but con- compared to Wontaggy, the Nathan Crawford we saw at Broadford, that was a different person. Dude, that- he was flown in that first moto. Yeah, he looks solid. Yeah, it's kind of disappointing that. He had such a bad second moto, but... Uh, I think him, he'll take the positives from it. And, you know, he, he hasn't had much time on the bike, like everyone's saying, so he's obviously going to be a little bit tired in that second moto. But that's sort of the NATO of, you know, that we've gotten used to over the last few years. He looked really solid in that first moto, and I was kind of surprised that uh, Aaron Tanney, he came out and he was actually staying with uh, Wilson Todd for the you know, first 10 minutes. Ooh. And then he had almost like a mid-race slump because he got past 
by uh, Webster and, and Crawford. And then, well, that's what I wanted to talk about with you was Tanny. You know, he tied for third overall with Jay Wilson. Now that moto where he went from second to fourth and was he was battling for the lead and ended up fourth. Um, that was, you know, Moto 1, and he ended up fourth again in Moto 2. But I feel like at this point, Tanny, he's got to be disappointed with that yesterday. Well, he was sticking with Wilson, like I just said, uh, and then he got past. But then I was just assuming that he was going to keep dropping back, but he actually stayed with him. So maybe he just lost concentration in the mid part of that race. But, yeah, like you said, it's got to be disappointing for him. He was in a good position, and if he had just stayed in front of his teammate, which, you know... Nalo hasn't been riding that much. He really should have in that first motor. He would have had a podium, and uh, it still would have been, you know, a good day for him. But just that little little slip up mid moto uh, definitely cost him on the day. Yeah, and that's what I mean. It's um, and that's the thing for Tanny. Like last year was a guy that can win races here and there, and we didn't really expect much more out of him for a championship run. From the from the first three rounds, to me, he's shown himself. He has that elite level of speed, and he has that consistency to produce that speed, but. You know, then you got to look at the weekend and go. Well, really, he had a shot at second overall, or even a moto win in that first one, and he kind of let it slip. So for Tanny, I think you'll be uh, a bit bummed out on that one. Like we said, Jay Wilson fifth overall. Uh, sorry, fifth in moto one. Jay Wilson third in moto two, and that gave Jay yeah, third overall. So for Jay on the podium, I say happy with that. But again, his lap times paint a different picture. He had the potential to take it to Wilson. One of these rounds, we're going to see him get the start and, and, and we're going to see where it goes. Or it'll be like a track like uh, Murray Bridge where uh, obviously next round we've got coming up, there, it is a little bit easier to pass. And hopefully for someone like that... Uh, He's good in the sand too. Yeah, hopefully we get a battle for the lead with Wilson, Todd, because he's kind of making it boring at this stage. It is a little bit. Um, not for him, but for everybody else. Now, Nathan Crawford ended up fifth overall after that seventh in Moto2. Dylan Wills, he showed some, uh, he showed some speed around. He had some, some decent results. Six in Moto Two. Yeah, but he's got to be disappointed. And he needs six to in make Moto that One. Step to. Well, that's what I'm talking about. Like he's doing great things, privateer, quote unquote. But Wills, uh, Wills, he's had good rides. We've talked about this plenty of times now on the, the preview show and everything. And great man, six overall. That's it's super good. He's the first non-factory guy in the field. But it's not going to land him a ride for next year. And the opening laps of that first moto, I was kind of watching and going, what is he doing? He was battling with sort of Morgan Fogarty and, you know, riders like that that I'd expect him to beat. And you could see that he has a really good race IQ. He puts himself in good positions and he eventually broke away from those guys. But those opening laps were way too slow for him and he took way too long to get going. So uh, I'd look for him to, you know, try and turn it around at this next round. Uh, because I expect a lot out of him. He He's one of the guys that's been around forever, and he really needs to make that next step. Yeah, it's one of those deals where it's like, because we know he's capable of it, it's not like we're talking bad about him. It's like, you know he can do better. Um, and I hope we see Wills, he, you know, he can... I mean, he destroyed everyone in now, uh, no, sorry, Rancho MX last year. Um, he's got he's got the skills to do it. Can he consistently do that? question. Bailey Malkowitz, seventh overall, um... Another quiet day for Malkowitz. Um, had a quick chat with the DPH guys after um, the podium deal with the, you know with Wilson Todd, and I just said, "What's what's the go with Bailey? How, you know, how's he doing?" And they basically just said he's putting too much pressure on himself, and he's a rookie in MX2. He's got high expectations. I think everyone in the industry has a lot of expectations, and it's just he doesn't look like himself to me on the track right now. I see that guy ride during the week, 
Um, he doesn't look anything like the Bailey Malkwitz I'm seeing at the racetrack on the weekends right now. Well, I guess, you know, it's obviously not what you're expecting, but it's a step in the right direction for him. Seventh overall is uh, better than uh, one thing. He only had one race in the top 10 there. So Yeah, I mean, you look at his moto scores, he's gone 10th in moto two, and he's gone eighth. So it's consistent in the top 10, but um, I guess, like you said, when you saw the way he was such a great year last year and now moving into MX2, obviously, you know, he's expecting more and putting a lot of pressure on himself. So a rider that's really starting to establish himself as a, a dude that can run up there is Jai Dixon. Man, sorry, when he gets the starts, he can just run with those guys, hey? Well, I think it's just one of those things. He is quite young and uh, maybe not someone that's going to, you know, come flying through the pack after a bad start. But when he gets the start like he has been, he can, you know, run that pace and sort of get towed along by these top guys. So eighth overall, I think he ran fifth in one of the motos for a long time. So yeah. Yeah, uh, no, Dixon, he he did that last year as well in MXD. He'd get a start and he could really just run. He's adaptable. If he's around the fast guys, he'll run that pace. Um, Riley Dukes, ninth overall, led him a tenth. Posniak struggled that round. He got slammed pretty hard by uh, Wilson Todd in that first moto, getting lapped. Um, that didn't feel good. I had a quick chat with him after the moto. He was bummed out. You could tell he just didn't have a good day, so... I think the 252 stroke probably wasn't the track at Broadford the way it was for that bike. But um, Pozz will be back. Fogarty 12th had a chat with Morgan after the race. He was, you know, pretty happy to be building. He had a, a, a good ride in one of those motos. Um, you know, we've got uh, Evans 13th, Green 14th, uh, Latimer 15th, Pell 16th, Brewster 18th. Um, yeah, there's a few of the local Vic guys there in the overall. That's going to round up uh, MX2. We just got to do one thing real quick, and that is to give a shout-out to Jai Roberts. Obviously, Duran Roberts got injured during the week, the race line, Thor KDM rider. Um, he's had a really standout start to the year in MX2. And, um, you know, he was honestly, he was a big title threat, I thought, and he was definitely going to be a part of that championship run. But big head hit, big, uh, you know, been, been in hospital for a little bit. So... Hopefully we can um, see him, if he's not back to race the rest of the season, um, we can at least see him at some of the races. So shout out to Jai Roberts. We hope you're doing better, mate. Hope you're listening. And we did the same on NRG TV yesterday. So that's going to wrap up MX2. We had to kind of rush through MX2 a little bit, guys. Sorry, we didn't have an MX2 guest this week. Um, but we've got the next class coming up. And our guest is going to be Mason Simmons, who um, got his first overall uh, podium of his career at uh, Broadford in the MXD class, Duran. And, um, you know, is a rider, sorry, Mason Simmons is a rider that I've talked about in the previous show. I've talked about him at the first couple rounds as well, saying that I really expected more and, and knew he was capable of more. And um, he's turned that around. So let's welcome into the show, uh, Mason Simmons, second overall at Broadford. Thanks for coming on the show, mate. How you doing? Yeah, good. Thanks, mate. How are you? Good, thanks, buddy. We, um, you know, you filled me in on that little little fact uh, yesterday that that was your first um, your first ever career podium in uh, in MXD at the MX National. So congratulations. Yeah, thank you. Yeah, yeah, it was my first. So um, feels good to get that out of the way. Um, yeah, no, it was a good day. So um, just got to keep moving forward. So um, you know, I've been pretty vocal, Mason. I know I talked to you earlier today, and you said you haven't listened to the podcast show yet. So. Um, you know, we got to fix that because we're awesome <laughs> and we need you listening to us. But um, all jokes aside, like, you know, we did some preview. We did a preview podcast show to the series and I picked you as one of my guys to be a title threat. Um, 
and and even after reviewing the first couple of rounds, like I was expecting more. Uh, I know you're capable of more, and I think um, we saw that this weekend where I thought you you kind of should be and where you deserve to be. Um, so maybe talk about that as a starting point, Mason. Where where did that result come from, and how did you get there after having a bit of a struggle the first couple of rounds? Yeah, for sure. Yeah, well, Appen, um, well, you know yourself, Appen was a uh, wasn't ideal conditions. Ready. Yeah, it was crazy. Um, yeah, I went down in the first turn and. Yeah, it was all over from there, really. I think um, played played catch up and it was pretty hard. Ended up 19th, so straight off the bat, you know, I was behind in points. Um, but then, yeah, that was all right. And then I went to one thaggy and, um, you know, I expected better at one thaggy myself. I was really annoyed myself at the end of the day. Um, I got fifth for the day. So, you know, it's not too bad. Like top five isn't too bad at all, but I wanted more and... Um, yeah, I worked hard over the last few weeks and um, I raced the state title, so that was good, getting more racing in. Um, done the three 20-minute motos there, which is good. We only do 20, uh, two 20s on MX Nationals race day. So, um, yeah, no, Broadford was good. It feels good to get that out of the way. So, um, uh, for the listeners out there, uh, I remember speaking to your dad, I think it was at the end of last year. You had the majority of the year off with injuries, didn't you? Yeah, that's right. Yeah, uh, and started last year. I went to New Zealand. Um, actually, had a really good preseason. There, I stayed with Hamish Harwood, um, who obviously was a top MX2 guy here last year. He um, got second in the championship, so it was good to stay with him and learn off him. And um, yeah, I feel like I had one of the best preseasons I've ever had. And then um, I done a charity race in Natterwadding, and I fractured my collarbone. Yeah, I saw that crash. That was not um, that was not a nice crash. It looked like that hurt a lot. Yeah, it was. I hit the ground pretty hard and I uh, punched my rut for lung and um, done a few other things. So that put me out of the first round straight off the bat last year again. I was behind and um, I would try to race Appen six days later after I got my um, collarbone plated. Sounds um, like a move you pulled you around with injuries. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I got I got 12th at Appen and then went to one thaggy in the first race. So I... Um, Tore my meniscus, so um, yeah, that my that my year last year was terrible, uh, just full of injuries and all the rest. So um, yeah, it's good to it's good to finally get a podium in that class, and um, you know I'm up to fourth in the championship now. So um, and I'm moving forward, so it's good. So speaking of your injury last year, when did you actually get back on the bike, and uh, did you go back over to New Zealand for the off season again? Yeah, yeah. So. Um, yeah, I done my meniscus and one thaggy, and then I was had about three months off. So I think I got on the bike around oh, what that mean? about October when the Junior Worlds were on. So um, so I was going to race Junior Worlds actually, and it was a bit hit and miss whether I was going to race it or not with my knee. And um, we decided to give it a miss, which I think was the best decision because obviously they're fast guys, the world's fastest riders. And um, yeah, I done a few off road events um, when I got back on the bike, and that was pretty cool. Um, podiumed a few rounds in my class there and um, yeah because yeah, I was a little concerned we were going to lose you to the off-road crowd at that point because um, I didn't really obviously we knew you had the injuries and stuff but um, looked like you had a little bit of success there with the off-road stuff did you enjoy doing that? Yeah for sure yeah I love the off-road stuff um, nah, it's pretty cool doing that stuff you know obviously really long races three hour cross countries and that and um, really good environment too you know I love it over there and doing that stuff and I did go to back to New Zealand for a few races at the start of this year actually um a rider unfortunately got hurt, hurt and um I got the call up and I went and done the last two rounds of nationals which was actually really good I um podiumed 
both rounds at MX2 and um, won the under-19s both rounds. So that was cool and good to get a few races under my belt before I come back here. So Solid bit of pre-season for you there. Um, so, yeah, and that's like when I was talking about you in the, in the preview shows and, and sort of expecting you to be a little further up the field because you look at, you know, Bailey Malkowitz's success last year. You know, he had that sort of breakout year where he, he won MXD and uh, he won the Junior Worlds. But I think people might not forget or some of the listeners that are not as tied into the junior racing scene as, as you know, I am, that you and Malkowitz were right there all of 2017. You know, he, from memory, he beat you at Horsham for the 125 title, but you beat him for the 250 title. Does, does, is that right? Uh, nah, I actually won the 125 title and... On the first race of the 250, I went down along the star straight and I DNF the first race. So, so it was the other way around. So you won yeah, the one yeah. yeah, okay. So I knew you guys split titles. He won the 250s, yeah? Yeah, that's right. Yeah, yeah. he won two because I won the 125s. And yeah, yeah. yeah we, battled, we battled every motor on the 125s. It was actually pretty cool. So. It was. You guys were going at it. I remember being there for the week. And uh, as you know, most junior Aussies is a long week. And um, watch, <laughs> watching is. you guys battle was a highlight of the week because it, it, it was a reason to get to the fence line. But... You know, to summarize, like I kind of, like I said, you guys were very evenly matched um, going into 2018, and I kind of expected you to be right there with with Bailey, but obviously the the injuries you had, it just wasn't meant to be. So um, you've kind of got that uh, second chance now with the the second year into MXD. Um, how's it feel, sort of? I know you didn't get to do a whole bunch of rounds last year, so it's not like you're a rookie. You've done those races, but this is a big learning year for you, I'd say. Yeah, for sure. Like, yeah, I feel, yeah, I only did one round last year, really. Like, I did happen and that was it. And, um, yeah, as you were saying, like, I feel like I could have been that guy that Bailey was last year, you know what I mean, winning them titles. But, um, unfortunately, you know, injuries are a part of this sport and um, it is what it is. But Bailey rode real good last year. And, um, yeah, I think, I think, yeah, three rounds in this year, I'm starting to get the hang of it again. And um, I feel like my um, fitness is good and um, speed's good and just need to keep ticking away and, um, yeah, hopefully we can um, go further up in the points. I'm fourth now, so um, to get in the podium position would be nice before Coolum and, um, yeah, see where we end up. Talk about your program you've got going this year. Uh, for the listeners out there, who are you riding for and uh, who's, you know, your support network getting to the races? Yeah, I ride for the um, Davey Motorsports KDM team. Um they're an unreal help on race day. They um they trans transport my bikes all the rounds. Um, yeah, and as you guys know, they're just a big group of people that love going racing. So it's always good to um it's always good to have them behind me. And um, I do a lot of coaching with Ross Beaton too. Um, he's played a big part in my racing. He's definitely made me a better rider um, on the technical side of things. And um, also on race day, he's always there to help me and show me lines and whatnot. And um, yeah, no, it's good to have him in my corner and my dad, of course. You know, I can always rely on my dad. He's always going to be there and um, he's going to tell me how it is. Yeah, so, speak, uh, speaking of your dad, he, um, first of all, I didn't recognize him because he's grown that gnarly beard and um, <laughs> yeah. he, he jumped on me in the pits on Sunday morning and I was like, whoa, okay. And uh, <laughs> he just said, hey, he said, big things are coming today. Um, he kind of told me that you were feeling it and... He just kind of foretold, he's like, hey, it's going to be a good day today. He's going to be said, you're going to be seeing him a lot on the show and you're going to be saying his name a lot. And he was right. So, um, yeah, your dad was definitely feeling it. Yeah, I was glad I could back that up. <laughs> yeah, no, he, he put it out there. 
yeah, nah, my dad loves it. He gets a bit excited and, um, you know, he loves racing and, um, you know, he wants an, he wants nothing but the best from me and, um, you know, that that keeps him going too, keeps him in, keeps him doing what he does and he loves it. So, um, oh, no, it's definitely good to um, finally get a podium for him and everyone else on the team and that, you know, it's the first podium for the year and, um, yeah, no, it feels really good to get this podium out of the way and, um, yeah, just hopefully keep on coming. So, like you said, first podium of the year. It's not been a slow start, but you've definitely been building uh, through these first three rounds. Uh, what are your expectations, you know, le- leading into round four and five and, and the rest of the series? Do you think you can be like a contender and, you know, get that speed to be running up there with uh, Duffy and and uh, Purvis for those moto wins? Yeah, for sure. I reckon, yeah. The Den boys are definitely riding fast. Um as I said on the podium on the weekend, I think Duffy is a man to beat. He's fast and he's consistent. So, Purvis is also very fast. But, um, yeah, yeah. Purvis and Duffy, I think, are the two two fastest guys in the class at the moment. But um, I definitely feel like I can win. Um, it's just a matter of putting them two good motos together on race day and um, two good starts, which I've been struggling with. So. I think this is the first time uh, this year, and even obviously we didn't see you last year. It's the first time I saw you on the track uh, this season, Mace, that you look like the, the Mason Simmons of 2017. Um, so definitely you're making steps in the right direction, that's for sure. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, um, I definitely felt like it's the best I've ridden all year in the national side of things anyway. Um, but yeah, the the ruddy tentacle sort of tracks suit me more, I think, like Broadford and... Um, yeah, so Murray Bridge would be good to see where I'm at in them sort of softer conditions, but yeah, no, it's good. So when I spoke to you earlier, you know, we um, we had a quick chat and I asked the question, I said, are you riding full time or are you working? And, and you told me you're working. So, you know, um, have you, you know, obviously at school you, you ride a lot because when you're at school you got that time, but now you're working and everything. How's that transition been sort of into the real world a little bit and, um you know, how are you managing to, to, to be doing that work and, and being competitive on the weekends? Yeah, for sure. Yeah, well, I just got to – I go to work four or five days a week and um, I'm lucky to have a boss like I have. He lets me have a day off to go riding, which is good. And um, yeah, you just got to do the training before and after work. You know, you just got to make time to do it, um, which is – it is difficult. You know, you do have big days at work and then you got to go home and then head straight to the gym or get on the cycle or whatever, you know, but – what you know, are you it's, actually it's working as? Um, I, I'm an ash welder, so yeah, you get hot days. On the so a nice, yeah. uh, a nice, easy physical job there. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, yeah. Went straight back to work this morning. Bit of a uh, bit of recovery. Yeah. Ash welder, so. Active <laughs> recovery for sure. You're, what, yeah. what are you? Um, what do you weigh, Mason? Because you're a bit of a bigger guy for a two fifty. What What are you weighing? I am about. 82, 83 at the moment. I was about 85, 86 at the start of the year. So um, I think Duran's George has hit the floor. That's um, yeah. Th- that <laughs> yeah. that's a decent uh, that's a decent kg count for a two fifty there. Yeah, it definitely is. But um, I'm th- lucky enough to have a good motor underneath me to get me going. So no, I mean for sure, it's it's like um, you know, I think it's what you do with it. I think honestly, on a two fifty, sometimes that extra weight off the gate and in certain sections of the track can work as a as much of a benefit as yeah, anything. For sure. Sure. Um, starts not a, a weakness so far, but we haven't really seen you factor too much into a whole shot yet. Is that something that you feel like you can fix? Or yeah, definitely. I'm definitely going to be working on my starts a lot more. Um, I, I've actually got a not too bad of a start on the weekend. My second second start was a lot better. That's the best start I've had all year. Um, 
that's another thing that I felt like let me down at one stage was my start. So I was like ridiculous. I was like out of the top 15 both races. And the first time um, was pretty much kamikaze if you weren't in the, the front two guys. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, it was, it was pretty crazy. So, yeah, I just need to get consistent starts and, um, yeah, just keep chipping away. With having missed, uh, you know, the majority of the season last year, uh, I know we had the Australian junior titles at Murray Bridge uh, not too long ago, but have you ever raced uh, there? And, you know, what are your expectations uh, leading into rounds four and five? Yeah, I raced Murray Bridge uh, as a rising rookie star thing there uh, in 2017 um, on the 125s. And Regan and Bailey Malkowitz actually both beat me that day. Uh, I got third for the day. Um but I like my bridge. It's a really good track. Um, it's going the other way now as well. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, I've heard they've changed it around, so it'll be good for it'll be a new track for everyone, which will be good. Um, you know, I I feel like I can go podium again for sure. Um, as I said, I was going to get go work on these starts, and um, I feel like if you're in the top three off the start, you know, you've, you're already halfway there. Um, if you can't play catch up in that class because there um there is so many good riders and um. You know, so you just got to get a good start and run up front with them boys and um, yeah, go from there. That's it, mate. Well, uh, we want to thank you for coming on the show, Mason. Like I said, pretty stoked to see you uh, step up and get that first podium of your career and uh, second overall. That's a solid way to do it, mate. So um hope to see the same coming out of you at Murray Bridge in a couple of weeks and uh, we will have a chat to you again later in the season. So thanks for coming on, mate. Appreciate it. Yeah, no drama. Thanks, heaps, guys. All right, see you, mate. Thanks. See ya, bye. All right, there you go, guys. Mason Simmons, Davey Motorsport, KDM, um, getting his first podium overall there. Second uh, second position. Only lost out to Duffy by one point. I really think for these, you know, coming rounds and the rest of the year, uh, it's going to be, you know, a, a real fight to see who gets on the podium between Purvis, Duffy, Bud, and now Simmons. So uh, we had kind of almost, like, I would say, a breakout Bud on the weekend. Yeah, he, Bud was super, and it was a tie up for me whether I got Reese on the show or whether we got Mason. And I think Reese, if if Reese Bud's listening or his crew is listening, we're definitely going to get him on because he was super impressive yesterday. He he actually finally, uh, you know, had some intensity in those opening laps and uh, looked like he really wanted it. So that was cool to see. I mean, he tied for points with Mason for second. They were both only one point back from from Duffy for the overall. And for Duffy, you know, he wasn't obviously as dominant. Ooh as he was at round two, but for him to still be able to come out and get the overall, it just shows that uh, I think he's going to be the dude that gets his championship. That impressed me the most with Duffy was that the first, I haven't seen that a lot for him as a junior or so far this season, he's been crash or burn. And that first moto, he, it looked like to me, Gianna, you tell me if you think it was different. He didn't, he didn't have the flow. He didn't have the feel. He didn't have the speed and he took it on the chin and took a fourth. Um, and then he bounced back and a, Obviously, I think they might have fixed the bike setup a little bit. He adapted his riding to the track, and he went out and won that second moto. And that, to me, speaks volumes for his maturity. Yeah, and for him, you know, it was not lucky, but uh, we're getting that fourth. We had Purvis, who, uh, correct me if I'm wrong, he won moto one, didn't he? Uh, yes, it was. So yeah, Purvis he, won moto one, Bud was second. Yep. Yeah, so he kind of crapped the bed again. In that, um, yeah, that uh, second moto for Purvis was not good. I mean, he ended up fourth. He charged through from a long way back, but he put himself in a hole. Yeah, so he really needs to clean up these, uh, like his consistency because uh, arguably he's the fastest dude in the class. Him and Duffy, 
obviously have shown that they're the top two guys uh, with speed, obviously. Um, so for him to keep, you know, having these struggles, he really got he's really got to clean it up uh, coming into rounds four and five because it's gonna, you know, it's gonna start away. hurting him. This, yeah, this, those few points that he keeps losing is really gonna add up, and uh, I kind of expected him. Uh, coming into the season to do to win the championship, uh, being on that team, and also you know being such a solid guy last year with some really good results. So for him, he Ooh. really needs to beat Duffy. He's, He's just seventeen rookie. points down now in the championship. That that's what that swing can do. Um, as far as the overall, Duffy got the win, seven second, Bud third, Purvis fourth. Brody Ellis finally saw Ellis sort of realize his potential where I thought he should be uh, at the start of the season. He went seven four for. Um, Fifth overall, Kukas. Now, Kukas was fastest in qualifying, Duran. He was on it at the start of the day. Race results didn't really reflect that. He had an eighth and he had a fifth. So, best round of the season for Kukas. But um, the speed was there, just not quite the results. Um, Liam Walsh, uh, seventh overall. Walshy out of the NT on the big two-stroke. He went 9-7. So, another solid ride there Is for Walshy. Is that the Walshie. first round we've seen him put two Solid top ten results. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He's kind of factored into one moto at each round, but not, not two. Yeah, because I, I think I remember you saying pretty much at each round he's been up there in qualifying, had some decent times, but just hasn't put it together. And he's in his correct me if I'm wrong third. Yeah, year, this so he is really needs to get get his stuff together. Yeah, this is his last year, and honestly, um, I think they were kind of on the fence whether he was going to go MX2 or stay MXD. Um, so yeah, MXD for him. You know, he's riding that 252 stroke, but he, he's capable of, of solid rides. Um, so, Walshie, good job. Cosford, Jace Cosford, eighth overall. Now, I saw an Instagram post from Cosford after the weekend. He said pretty much the first three rounds a bit horrible. Um, he wants more. Um, I don't think eighth overall is that bad for him, but he led some motos and won. Uh, did he win or podium last year? I don't know. He won Ranch MX, right? Yeah. So, he's he's actually tasted the win of the MXD class. So, for um, Cosford, he's definitely going to want more. Um, Jai Walker, solid ninth. Uh, it was pretty good for Walker. Noah Ferguson, tenth, definitely not. So did something happen on the weekend for him? Because I would expect him. He to was sixth in Moto One, and he was fourteenth in Moto Two. So I, I'm not going to pretend to know what happened to him in Moto Two, but that killed him for the overall. Um, you know, Ferguson's capable of more. I think we're going to see it, but as is the case, you know yourself, Duran, this MXD class, the inconsistency is just part of the game with the learning curve. Um, hopefully, see Ferguson figure it out. So he was 10th overall, Mahone 11th out of WA, I believe. Um, Kenzie O'Brien 12. Looking for any other sort of riders that we're looking for. Nap and Grothy is 14th, Ashmore 15th. Um, Michael Murphy, who podiumed the first round. Uh, in the mud at Appen, he was 19th overall, so definitely not the ride Murphy. He kind of really hasn't factored in since that first round, unfortunately. So what happened to Mason Rowe? Because he yeah, 21st at Wonthagian. Um, honestly, let's take a look at the moto scores. Mason Rowe's 11th in Moto 1. Um, DNF yeah, in Moto so 2, yeah. That's really going to hurt him in the championship. Uh, I'm not sure. What's he running in the championship now? Yeah, think? right now Mason Rowe is in... He's dropped to ninth now. So for someone like that, he, you would expect him to be a top five guy uh, towards the end of the year. Like we saw at Wonthaggy, he's definitely got the speed to... Oh, he's definitely got the speed. It just didn't look like it come together for him on the weekend. And Broadford's one of those tracks that it is so different and uh, it's kind of a terrain that we don't really get anywhere else with... In the country. Really. Yeah, like... Yeah. To be honest, it's 
absolutely crap with those uh, square edges and it takes, you know, patience and, uh, you know, you can't just go out and charge and uh, get away with it. It's just a complete opposite to one thing. Well, think about it this way, right? These guys, their series hasn't been to Broadford since 2016, so none of these riders would have raced Broadford at a national level. And it's one of those things uh, I remember in my first year, uh, the tracks, you can ride as rough practice tracks as all you want, but nothing really shapes up to the when you get these clay tracks at the Nationals. There's ruts everywhere. You can't avoid them. And uh, it's, you know, I really enjoyed it coming to a National every time. I always walk the track afterwards uh, to see how rough it gets and uh, where you're jumping bumps. And, you know, it's one of those hard things to practice. And these under-19s guys, yeah, it is, you know, there's pros and cons to having an under-19s class, but they really do get to, you know, learn these national tracks. and Yeah, they get to cut their teeth. And and you see it in the junior class when the the rising style rookies that was there on the weekend, the 250 class, you see those kids, I see the juniors ride all the time at the races, state level and national level, and they go out on the MX Nationals track and they're the first moto after lunch and they're the last moto of the day. And you've got some of the best junior riders in the country and it almost looks like they've forgotten how to ride because they just have never experienced a track that rough before. Um, it's a big learning curve for them. Yeah, big shock to the system, but that's but pretty much going uh, yeah, to wrap. On is there anything else you wanted to uh, touch on from the weekend? No, I think we pretty much covered it all. Um, Broadford was gnarly, but it was great to have a, a real legit motocross national-style racetrack. We're going to Murray Bridge next. Um, that's going to be awesome. That's probably one of my favorite rounds of the year. I love Murray Bridge. I love Coolum. The racetracks are just awesome. They form great passing lines. Um, and, you know, that, that Murray Bridge-style track where you can move around, turn with the rear wheel and make passes happen, like you said, for someone like Jay Wilson that maybe isn't getting the starts but might have the speed, He's going to be able to come through a lot more. So, yeah, Murray Bridge in, I think it's uh, two weeks. Three weeks. So we've Three. got Easter, then we've got yeah. Canberra, and then we've got... That's Murray right, Bridge. yeah. So we'll be in Canberra for the two-stroke nationals next weekend, and then we're at Murray Bridge after that. So um, that's going to be a wrap, guys. This is the Inside Dirt show, uh, episode number five. That's a Broadford review show. We're going to wrap that up right now. Um Stay tuned. We are going to have a show next week, guys. I don't know at this point whether we're going to continue with the preview shows. Um, that's not really anything I've been getting from feedback, but I feel like we're kind of repeating ourselves a little bit with the reviews and the previews. So we might just go for more of an industry news interview, kind of bit of everything show, and keep that content coming every week. So do me a favor. Um, hit me up. Shoot me some DMs and let me know what you guys think of that idea where we move away from the previews and just start doing more of a show. And then obviously we're going to review every round of the MX Nationals. So let me know what you guys think of that. That's kind of where I'm heading with it. Like I said, this platform, it wasn't actually, no, I'll be straight up. It was super rushed. We got it off the ground the week of round one. It's something we've been wanting to do for a while, but we made it happen. So we're growing this platform organically and we're figuring it out as we go. So once again, thanks for listening. Thanks for sharing. If you haven't subscribed yet, please make sure you subscribe. Tell your friends, get it out there because the numbers have been fantastic. But the more you guys listen, the more we can get it out there and then uh, the more we can start doing cool things with this show. So uh, that's a wrap. Thanks for listening to the Broadford Review Show from myself and Duran Stapleton, who's currently swiping left and right as we finish things up. That might be a segment we run later in the, sh- the, sh- the show. I don't know what are you talking about, dude. <laughs> it's going to be swiping right with Duran. Might be a part of the show. I'm going to leave you guys with that it's thought as we head out. Thanks for listening. We'll catch you next week on the Inside Dirt Show.
Thank you.